Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. This is Rob Paulson, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. to GeekCast Radio as we continue our countdown of the top 100 TV series of all time. On today's episode, we'll be counting down and revealing numbers 75 to 51. With the project this big, I cannot do it alone. So we have assembled the Avengers, or maybe more aptly put, the A-Team of the GeekCast Radio. Joining me first, he's one of the co-founders of the GeekCast Radio Network, a host of Alter Geek, Steve Megatron Phillips. How's it going, man? Good. How's it going? It is going well. It is going well. Joining us as well is one of my cohorts over the Cinema Geeks podcast and the founder of the Telecast podcast, Kevin Optimus Solo. How's it going, man? I'm nervous. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of drama. Already, already one episode in. So, man, uh, no, I'm I'm nervous because, like I said at the end of the last show, I think only eight or nine of my shows have showed up so far. So, I have a feeling I'm either all my shows are going to show up the rest of the way. Or I have a lot of shows not on this top 100, so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And, of course, also joining us, or maybe uh, Kevin's better half, I guess. I, I'm sure, sure she would she, she would admit to our another, our other co-host at Cinema Geeks, and probably the professional out of all of us, uh, Amanda. How's it going? What's happening, Dan? Not much. Not much. Back for a second episode of GeekCast Radio. I'm glad we didn't scare you away the first time. It takes a lot. So I'm along for the ride here. She survived the menopause comment. She's good to go. <laughs> Throw me at uh, just just to be clear, that was not me. <laughs> uh, and if you have not yet listened to the podcast from last week, definitely go to do do that. We reveal our introductions, those the rules behind the podcast, and also go over numbers one hundred to seventy six. Anything you guys wanted to go over before we get this countdown a moving? I just want to say a big thanks to those that are interacting with the countdown so far on the website. I think last I checked, we were up to 86 comments on this post. 
So that is awesome, and we hope well, we hope that all of you guys continue to comment on each episode as we go through because it's been a lot of fun hearing other people's uh, opinions and sides to things and kind of the debate going back and forth. I, I've liked interacting with that. For sure, for sure. Definitely seeing people being vocal, letting us know where we got it right, where we got it wrong. Also saw some people throw up predictions, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we'll see see how well those those pan out for sure. And I'm sure after this episode, there'll be even more uh, reasons for people to sound off. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Without any further ado, let's get this countdown started. 75. All right. Well, it was a long time ago last week when we went over number 76. But I don't know if you remembered, but we ended with a sketch comedy show with the kids in the hall. Ironically enough, we are continuing that trend with another sketch comedy show, but a little bit more current and another a show more on, on Comedy Central, and probably one I think we might be a little bit better versed in, and that is Key and Peel coming in at number 75 with 476 points on eight different lists, as highest ranked as number nine. Someone did have Key and Peel in their top ten. Kevin, surprised that we're starting off with a sketch comedy show already again. We we must be we must have a comedy group assembled here, or a, at least a sketch comedy group, because I am very surprised at the number of sketch comedies that are appearing. I had said early on in last episode when we talked about some of the ones mentioned there that I thought maybe it meant that we would see at least two, three, four more, and this is not one of the ones that I was considering, so. I have a feeling this is not the last sketch comedy we're going to see. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to see that. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on Key and Peele? Do you think it deserves number 75? Does it belong on the list? What are your opinions? I know that there's a pretty decent following to it, and I've seen some of the stuff that those guys have done. So, I mean, I kind of think so, being that they're a pretty good comedic duo. But I, I haven't actually watched the show itself. I've seen I'm a, I'm kind of indifferent to the show overall, so. Amanda, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think we talked about so far, this is another sketch comedy show, do you think sketch comedy shows like this kind of almost have, not an unfair advantage, but they appeal to like the the market of today where we are very much into that three-minute YouTube clip? So, for example, I've watched many Key and Peele skits, but I don't think I've actually watched the full show. Do you think that in that way they're going to be able to have more of a population of people who have seen them since you know you they do more they do kind of fit the new medium that we're in? I think so. I think it's one of those right at your fingertips, quick. Uh, we live in the, the drive through society, so this is something that you can tune in for their skit on YouTube and not have to commit to an entire episode and still glean from it what you would from the, the episode. So I think that because it's more accessible and it's it's a quick in-and-out entertainment that it's probably on the most popular that they have been. I did have Keen Peel on my list. Actually, I had it at number 93, so this is much higher than I had it. I, I think it belongs for sure. It is. It's it's hard because it's more of a recent comedy sketch comedy show, but I, I do love the show. We did a top five sketches on uh, Talking in Circles not too long ago, and the substitute teacher, which is probably their most famous sketch, I would think it's one of them, is was on my list. And I do think it is one of those shows, too, that has been ingratiated into our pop culture. I mean, even Luther, one of the characters from the show, showed up to the president's correspondence dinner and did a bit with the president. Oh, I, I love mean, that. I love yes. it. So you know it's not just like it's you know it's having a big impact all over when you're legitimately at an event like that. And, and it has some award considerations, for sure. It's won White Writers Guild Awards, won the Peabody as well. Uh, so it's, it's it does not come without a pedigree. 
I, I guess you could argue, you know, if it's not too high or, you know, if, if it's just more of us looking at what's recent. But I think that the sketches are, are strong enough. And I think even after its ending, I think this is the last season. I think it'll still kind of be one that lives on and, and prospers, as they might say, in the, in the world of YouTube. But uh, This is going to be one of the biggest surprises or shocks to me if we get through this entire list and we have more sketch comedies that are post-1970 than pre-1970, that is going to be something I definitely did not expect. Yeah. It definitely kind of shows the demographic of the list. And speaking of the demographic, if you go to geekcastradio.com, there is now a contributor page that shows you everyone that contributed to this list. You can see all the different podcasts and websites that did make this up. So you can see, like, we know where these people are coming from for sure. But, all right, any other thoughts before we get to next on the countdown? Looking forward to the next sketch comedy. All right, well... <laughs> 74. Well, we are moving away from sketch comedy, but we're staying into the world of comedy, and we're staying into the world of recent comedy. Uh, I think this might be one of the shows that uh, is the most talked about when it comes to the comment section, because it certainly has its cult following. And at coming in at number 74 with 479 points, which is only three more points than Key and Peele, Again, with on eight lists, it was highest ranked as number 27, so it didn't get ranked super, super high by anyone. And it is Community, the NBC slash Yahoo comedy. Uh, it's certainly a, a comedy well-known for its unique style of humor. It's been around for quite a while and also known for a lot of the drama and almost getting canceled after every year. Steve, let's start with you here. What are your thoughts on Community coming in on number 74? I haven't watched a whole lot of it. I have seen select episodes here or there, depending on topic that they're talking about. But I, I find that they're very pop culture centered, but they're also very relevant. Even when they're talking in, in the nostalgia realm, you know, like the 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 knockoff GI Joe episode, them doing all their various costumes or, or you know becoming different characters and all that kind of stuff throughout the show. So it's very well written and it's it's funny. Uh, so I, I can see why that that has a and it, it has a following too. So I, I can see why it's on the list. Amanda, any thoughts on community? I've never seen anything even surrounding this, so no comment. <laughs> this one, uh, this was totally not even on my radar. I don't even think I, it was something I considered. Maybe I just was blind to it. But Dan, I'm curious for you because you're probably a little bit better versed in some of these more modern comedies. When you think about Modern Family or Parks and Rec, or some of those uh, some of those shows. Is Community on that level? Do you think, how does it compare to those? Or 30 Rock, or some of those other ones? Yeah, well, I think it's, it is, I think, one of the, if you're looking at modern comedies, one of, one of the best, I would say, for a variety of reasons. One is just the creativity that goes into it. It started off as just this kind of like, oh, it's a community college, you know, friends, it's okay. But it really morphed into something really more. It really got into like some weird and unique places, especially for a network television show, just like it would uh, do like an entire episode in with characters that were like an 8-bit, like classic not Nintendo, I guess Nintendo graphics, but it was a story told in that format or the classic like holiday format for their holiday shows. They would do so many different things with the format of television. It was it was incredible that they were able to do that, and, and it would just they would just break all the rules you would see with TV, incorporate different mediums very much into the pop culture. In a lot of uh, great spoofs of classic genre films and things like that, I think really really hit its stride was 
where and, and took off from there. I think it was the season finale of season one or two when they did their first paintball episode. And up to that point, it was just a fun comedy. But it, then it hit something else, and it became wow, this is like one of the best action comedies I've ever seen. I've seen in a long time. And it's on a, a TV paintball. show. Yep. With one rule, last man standing gets the prize. The prize. What is this prize? You don't know. Priority registration. Priority registration. That's why everyone's running around like a bunch. Does that mean what I think it means? Like you could have first choice of your classes next semester? Easy sugar bear. But you could schedule all your classes on a Monday and then take a six day weekend. You can do a lot of things. Talking through the hunger, Abed. Every student wants their prize, Jeff. And there's no way to share it, so we'll eventually all turn on each other. But the longer we wait to do that, Jeff, the longer we work together, the longer we last. Is everyone running in packs? The debate team was the first to do it, but they felt infighting. They say the Glee Club has lured stragglers into sniper traps with cheery renditions of hit songs. Really? And people fall for that? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for winning, but let's not resort to cheap ploys. And you know it's good because that's where the in Anthony Russo... And uh, Joe Russo came from those who directed Winter Soldier, and he'll be directing the next Avengers film. They got their start on Community, and you really see that because it's a really, a really well directed action movie within this comedy setting. So I think it's it, it sets itself apart from a lot of the comedies of today by doing things that no one else is really willing to do, like Steve mentioned doing an entire episode and like like GI Joe. But it's not just like they're doing these cliche or niche things or just trying to like oh we're just going to appeal to. This audience is just their ability to do it in fun ways and be really funny with it, too. I've not seen any of the stuff on Yahoo. Uh, I know they basically got dropped from NBC and went to Yahoo, and I, I never picked it up. But it it was one of those shows, I think, that like it people just began to really gravitate towards it. And we'll maybe talk about other shows that kind of appeal to the geek audience. And I always gravitated to community because I thought it really treated that audience with a respect. And uh, it was made by people who, who loved those. You can tell there was a love there for the things that they were spoofing. So do you think and, we got it in the right order as far as putting it ahead of Modern Family and some of the other ones that we've talked about already? I definitely think I would put it ahead of Modern Family and uh, some of the other modern comedies that we've had so far, for right. sure. Um, I, th I actually had it higher in my list. I had it at 30, in my top 40. So uh, I, th I think there, that's what I said. I think some people may argue it sh should be higher. But I'll stop talking because uh, I'm a little long-winded. <laughs> let's uh it's funny though as we're getting we're kind of in this very recent mindset and i think that's going to very much continue with our next entry 73 well with number 73 we're actually getting the youngest tv show on the list so far by far it's actually a show that just finished its first season i don't know a couple months ago it's only on six list it it has 487 points. We've actually took a, quite a jump from last last entry, and it's Mr. Robot coming from the USA Network. I, I know this show got huge acclaim uh, from a lot of people. Actually, DJ Valentine from Simplistic Reviews probably should have been uh, hired by ABC because he really pimped this show out like every time it was out. So I know people like loved it, and so much so it got its highest ranked as number three by a person, which is a big reason it's on this list. I saw a few episodes. I loved what I saw. Fortunately, I got rid of cable, so I couldn't continue it. But, uh, Kevin, you, you surprised we're seeing – is this a, a case, do you think, of people maybe overrating something that they just recently saw compared to things that maybe they haven't watched recently? How many times was DJ 
You only had one list. You only had one. And to be fair, he wasn't the one that voted. He he wasn't the highest. That's voter the more shocking thing. Uh, yeah, right? He isn't yeah. the highest voter for this. But I think it's it's hard because for me personally, I found it real hard to vote on anything that has debuted in the last like three to four, two to three years. Like I wasn't comfortable with doing that just because. I need to like sit on stuff a little bit more and re- it's almost like when you come home from a theater experience and you're already like on a podcast or writing a review for it. It's, it's hard for me to do that without having a, a couple days to sit and think about it and have it resonate or not. So I don't know. It, it's, it's hard for me personally to do that, but it does not surprise me that this is on the list because this is by far probably one of the most talked about shows, at least in the circles that I interact with on Twitter and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised to see it, but I personally have trouble rating something that's that fresh. Steve, are you similar with that where you, you need to resonate on something before you can vote it do you, or vote for it? Do you think it's okay for something this recent to be this high? I don't necessarily have a problem with something showing up on, on the list because I realize that everybody has different tastes and everything. I personally have not seen the show. Um, I know Blanchard's seen it, but... And I believe there's actually a... a uh, remote control episode on it on the pilot if i'm not not mistaken if i've never heard anything bad about it i've never heard anything bad about it either and i've heard that it's a good show i just i've never gotten around to seeing it we apologize dj we are not doing this justice <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure like he'll uh he'll, he'll let us know for sure amanda any thoughts on mr robot um only that i definitely have to see this now <laughs> <laughs> I the the few episodes I, I did see I was you know USA tends to their shows tend to have the similar like a similar look there's like a polish to them right. and if you just showed me Mr Robot I never would have guessed it was a USA show it it felt like in very cinematic it felt, almost felt like an HBO or Cinemax show or something like that. What is it about society that disappoints you so much? Oh, I don't know. Is it that we collectively thought Steve Jobs was a great man, even when we knew he made billions off the backs of children? Or maybe it's that it feels like all our heroes are counterfeit. The world itself's just one big hoax. Spamming each other with our running commentary bullshit, masquerading as insight. Our social media faking as intimacy. Or is it that we voted for this? Not with our rigged elections, but with our things, our property, our money. I'm not saying anything new. We all know why we do this. Not because Hunger Games books makes us happy, but because we want to be sedated. Because it's painful not to pretend. Because we're cowards. Fuck society. Uh, Really unique. It does feel very much of this time. Also, like, hacking is such a thing, like, the act of hacking is in movies and TV shows tends to be very corny, but they really kind of stick to it in a more realistic fashion, and it was just... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It was, I don't know. The, the, the word I use is, I, I would describe it as unique. It was unlike anything else. So I, 
and I heard it only got better from there, so maybe it is deserving. But uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be able to con- continue the discussion of ratings, things that are more recent as we go on in this list. Uh, but uh, any other thoughts before we move on to number 72? I'm, nope. I'm going to sound real dumb by the end of this if we don't get uh, pre-2000 <laughs> real soon. I, I promise we'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll get those. I, I promise you there's, uh, you know, it's not all 2015 <laughs> shows from the rest of the rest of the countdown. But uh, I will say that we're not moving that far for an, our next entry. 72. Yeah, we're, we're going back to the world of comedy. We're only one, we were gone there for one entry. We're going back there again. Again, another recent comedy, though it's it's had two full seasons, so it's a little, little bit more seasoned than Mr. Robot. It's honestly one of my... F- personal favorite comedies that's on right now coming from the mind of mike judge and that's silicon valley coming in with 499 points it was on eight list as highest ranked as 15 for someone uh again i think we're going to continue this question regarding you know being more recent but i will say you know with silicon valley's two seasons and I have watched both seasons. I've really loved both seasons. Uh, it actually has a lot of podcast connections. If you're a podcast fan from Camille Nagiani to TJ Miller, uh, you know, a lot of those who have got their start, not their start, but uh, who have podcasts own. Um, but it's a very, it, Mike Judge, like with Office Space and other things, you've been able to see him be able to like satirize different work environments. And that's the same thing, I think, with Silicon Valley, where it, it rides that line of being realistic enough not to feel fake, but not too realistic where you can't have kind of be goofy and be, be funny. And it's, again, really well written. Some, uh, I would say one of the better, most elegant dick jokes ever in season one <laughs> finale, if you, can, if you can say that. But uh, it, oh, you it can was, say that. Uh, you can definitely say that. Yeah. Amanda, any, any thoughts on Silicon Valley? Uh, no, I'm wondering why I'm here, because I have not seen any of these shows, I feel like. We just need to get into some 90s stuff, and I'll be relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's hard for me, too, because I haven't seen a lot of recent TV in the last two or three years, so it's not that any of these shows are bad, I just haven't been exposed to them. Silicon Valley, I mean, obviously comes with its critical acclaim. I think it's been nominated for Best, uh, best Comedy every year it's been... Well, it's only aired two years, but I think it's been nominated every year so far. So, I mean, it definitely has some critical acclaim. And just like Mr. Robot, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it. So uh, it's just one of those that I need to catch up on. Yeah, it does come with a claim, like you mentioned. It has been nominated for Best Comedy Series the last two years. Also a Golden Globe nomination as well. So it does, it, it's been well-received critically uh, and award-wise. And just just to clarify regarding, we've had some questions previously regarding like why we're bringing up awards or ratings or something like that. The reason being is when you're looking at shows that span the time of history, you know, the history of television there's a lot of factors to consider and sometimes it's good to have just cold hard facts to look at and and yes awards aren't everything ratings aren't everything but there are certainly aspects to consider they put you in the idea of how popular a show is how much impact it's had how well received it was at the time so that's kind of why we're bringing these up it's not that we're saying that that's the only thing we're looking at but it's, it's part of the discussion for sure yeah it's definitely only like one of many many components that i considered and the only reason i try to bring them up here at when we're doing the actual records is to more uh help people because obviously we're talking about you said over 600 shows got votes and clearly not everybody that's listening is going to have heard every or watched every show that we're talking about. So it's more kind of to paint a picture for those that aren't familiar with a show of why maybe some people feel 
it, it kind of has more credence to be on the list. But yeah, it's just one of many components that that we are definitely considering that. Um, and just because we're bringing it up, for me personally, I bring it up a lot, especially like with the ratings and stuff, just kind of give another element. That doesn't even mean I voted for the show. So it's just there's just more information, more trivia, more kind of fodder for anybody that's trying to kind of put boil this down. But I do think each one has at least somewhat merit in kind of adding to a show's relevance in the discussion or not. Yeah, it's like, look at something like the NFL, for example. Like, someone being in the Pro Bowl is not going to make them Hall of Famer, but it'll be part of the resume. So, right. Steve, any thoughts on Silicon Valley at all? I've tried watching it. I have a hard time getting into shows that are similar in style to this. I didn't find it as entertaining as everybody else, but that's my personal taste. I'm not saying that it's a bad show. I just, that's that's my thing against it. But I, I do know that it has merit, obviously, as you guys have mentioned, with the um, getting awards or nominated for them. So, yeah, I can see why that's here. All right. Well, let's get into uh, with 71. We're actually going to hit a lot of different milestones, so it actually should be a fun discussion. 71. Well, with 71, a lot of things are happening right now. First and foremost, we're moving into the 500-point club. So these these are shows that have received over 500 points. In addition, we're actually going to go to the world of the 90s for, for, for the first time in a long time. <laughs> and not only the 90s, but a very, very special time and day in the 90s where we're going to have our first show that was on TGIF that has a very special place in many of our hearts. As with number 71... We have Full House, receiving 580 points on eight different lists, as highest ranked as number eight by none other than Amanda. So, Amanda, let's start with you here. You wanted a 90s show. You're getting a 90s show. Thoughts on Full House showing up at 71? I think it's it's full of nostalgia. I haven't watched it uh, as uh, an adult, I don't think, to see how it uh, holds up for now. But I think I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I had some crushes on some of the characters. Don't judge me. It, it definitely spawned my early 90s love for the Olsen twins when they branched out and had all their cool videos. I'm pretty sure I watched every single one of them and loved it. Kevin's giving me a completely... Utterly disgusted look right now. <laughs> but I think that even though it wasn't this typical family unit, it, it definitely always had that family dynamic, and I, I fed off of it. I loved it. Steve, thoughts on Full House? And you're surprised it took this long to get to a TGIF show? I'm not really surprised, but I'm actually kind of glad that it's one of the weaker ones out of the TGIF shows that showed up. I was scared for some other ones that I preferred over this one. Not saying I didn't like the show, because I did. Back in the day, I used to watch it a lot, and it was it was very enjoyable. I actually own the entire series on DVD right now, among a lot of other nostalgia pieces. But um, that I've, I've watched that recently with my wife, like, off and on. And uh, a lot of it is hard to kind of watch, because it's so dated. But at the same time, like some of the the values kind of stay still, but a lot of the a lot of the show, I I have a hard time unless it's like later on, I have a hard time watching it. Kevin, any thoughts on Full House? For, for me personally, okay, my own take: the twins were cute when they were babies, right? <laughs> and John John Stamos was cool as shit, and I liked listening to Dave Coulier do his voices. Outside of that. 
I wasn't a huge Full House fan. And I think this one comes down to you're going to view a list like this in one of two ways, I guess. And it depends on if you put more stock in how, and I'm not just saying popular, but how, like, this was a, this is the 90s. Like, this is, you know, early 90s. There's no one, there's no family that didn't watch this at some point in the 90s if they had a TV. So it was very much a part of that eight-year span. Ratings-wise, it didn't kill. It was only in the top ten two out of those eight years. So it's not like it was just a huge hit there. But if you judge a show based on how how prevalent it was and how like widespread the audience was, then you probably say that it deserves a spot on this list. If you're going to judge a show out of in a way out of context or out of time and look at it in kind of later years and say, let's judge it based on the quality, I guess, quote unquote of the show. And if it holds up, then you probably could make an argument for it being just outside of the top 100. So I guess it depends on what camp you think this list is more about. For me, I have no problem with it showing up. I'm glad it's closer here to the first episode, second episode shows rather than seeing it next week or the week yeah. after. Whatever, I had it at number nine. Okay. Kevin had it at 70, so he's actually quite close. So, you know, not... Uh, see, see, what, see what, what's happening here is I'm, I'm not getting... I'm not any shows that are on the list, but when I vote on one, I'm getting pretty darn close. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as growing up as a kid, like Full House was a huge part of my childhood. Like many, you know, being on TGIF, it's one of the shows my parents definitely, we all watched as a family. And, you know, thought John Samus was cool, quoted it a bunch. Also had crushes on different characters, I'm assuming that Amanda. I still say how yeah. rude. <laughs> so it, it, you know, it fit that mold. I talked about with Home Improvement. I can watch some of the Home Improvement shows and still like them. I can't do that with Full House, like Steven mentioning. It, it, I cringe. I'm like, how did I watch this as an adult? Especially like at the end of the episode where this, you know, the set, the formulaic. sad music hits and it's like, oh, now they're getting dramatic and it's just like, oh. Oh, Danny Tanner's gonna sit on the bed <laughs> with the girl and tell him. Oh yeah, yeah. Here lesson. today we learned. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> They might have well just had a PSA. Exactly, exactly. I, it, yeah, it fits that mold of a family show, but I think there there are, you know, similar family shows of the time beforehand. I think we're we're better than it, but it definitely like it. I I was surprised, like you mentioned, Kevin, that it wasn't better in the rating, ratings than it was because I, I just assumed it was one of the biggest shows of the time. Maybe it's just because it was geared towards the audience I was in. I I didn't rank it in my top one hundred. One hundred. I I do think you know I could see the argument for it. I personally would have put. You know, I think I, I like Home Improvement more, so I might have flip-flopped this in Home Improvement. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, at least we're getting some 90s representation. I, I think we're going to – my prediction would be that the comments on the website and the reaction to this, that it's going to be almost 50-50. I think we're going to get half the people supporting this and half of the people saying it doesn't Yeah, belong. I think so, too. I think so, too. Well, let's see. Well, we're in the 90s. Let's see how long we stay there as we get into our next entry. 70. Well, we didn't stay in the 90s long. We actually got right back into current time with another current comedy uh, coming in with 544 points at number 70 on eight different lists. It's actually on the same night as a show that we, we just talked about, Silicon Valley, and that is Veep, which is actually a kind of a spinoff uh, retelling of a BBC show starring Julia this starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It comes in with... with quite a pedigree regarding awards and, and things of that nature. Amanda, starting with you, I know you said you didn't watch any Silicon Valley. Are you just surprised we're seeing, like, this was, the, so far, the show, we're seeing a great deal of, like, current TV all coming at once. 
I'm really shocked that it's so much new TV, but I guess Kevin made a really good point that this is what's fresh right now. This is what you're into right now. So you, you might put that um, ahead of some things that you've forgotten about over time that you might have valued a little bit more. So I'm I, I'm not surprised, but I'm a little disappointed. This, this is following Dan somewhat of the same. I mean, I know we had a lot of diversity and a lot of different things that we saw in episode one of this countdown, but this second episode so far is following quite similarly to the same mold that we had with our animated movies, where that second episode, we saw a whole bunch of modern stuff. I think it's different in respect, because I think when we were doing the animated movies, it was much more of the what's in the now, what's on people's, you know, fresh and people. So I think that's completely the case here. I think this is more addressing the fact that there's a lot of quality TV shows out there that people really like that aren't just your sitcom of the day. It's not just like, you know, the King of Queens, the, you know, going to the next sitcom that's popular, going to the next sitcom that's popular, et cetera, type thing. These are all shows that have merit. These are all shows that are are doing something different. There's a uniqueness to them just from an outsider, not necessarily seeing episode by episode. So maybe some people can draw a lot more connections to stuff from the past. But I don't think it's necessarily a case of just people voting on what's fresh in their mind. But it is interesting to see the parallel between this and the animated movie list. Right yeah, now. I'll say that I think Veep, honestly, is probably my favorite comedy that's on TV right now. And it's interesting, too, because it's, it's, it's such a hard type of comedy to quantify. So I think the thing that I like about it is, like, the characters that are on the show aren't in on the joke. Like, they're not necessarily trying to be funny. They're just naturally funny in, in, in like, in the situations Karen, that they're in. What do you think of Pierce? Well, I think um, there are pros and cons to every candidate. So we just need to weigh up pros and cons. Have you been sent from the future to destroy me? Because it's working! I think that each candidate has merits and demerits, and I don't know my left butt cheek from my right butt cheek, but I believe in listening to both butt cheeks and then farting out my asshole mouth. Okay. It's not even bullshit. Bullshitting takes talent. You have none. You are just a blah, 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 bitch. Okay, <laughs> Amy, that is enough. I have bitten my tongue so long, it looks like a dog's cushion. But no more. You have made it impossible to do this job. You have two settings, no decision and bad decision. I wouldn't let you run a bath without having the Coast Guard and the fire department standing by, but yet here you are running America. You are the worst thing that has happened to this country since food in buckets and maybe slavery. I've had enough. I'm gone. Well, I guess she's finished with her little... Oh. Nope. I think part of it, too, is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who, you know, you completely forget about her character in Seinfeld. I mean, they're not dramatically different, but personality-wise, and she's just a great comedic actress. Uh, she's the the best comedic uh, best comedic actress Emmy four years in a row. Again, I think that's kind of the Emmys liking certain people and voting for her. Not that she's not deserving, but I think it probably could have spread it out a little bit. But I do agree with you, Kevin. I think it's a combination of... A, it's current, and B, it's really good. I think with the animated TV or animated movies list, we saw a lot of questionable movies or, you know, more personal favorites. I think this you can actually go to and say, hey, there's actually proven quality here. But uh, at, the, at the same time, we're going to get both love and hate for this, I think. We're going to get love 
for the fact that we're talking about a bunch of these modern shows and the people that, you know, a lot of shows that people are watching and people are liking. But at the same time, I think we might get a little hate that they're all showing up now. And I think people are going to be worried about the fact that there's not good enough of them for later, maybe. I don't know. See, what do you think about that? I think we all get more love for having them or more hate for them coming in now. I think it's kind of a double-edged sword because you're going to get the people that are more um, in favor of the newer shows that are going to be uh, upset that they aren't higher on the list in the like the top 20 or, or, or 50 anyway. Um, and then you're going to have people that are more nostalgic and aren't going to be really affected by it. So, I mean, you're going to kind of run into that as we get closer to the, the number one. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot of... I mean, really, the entire list so far, it's been a nice mix of everything. Like, you really have no idea what's coming at any given time unless you are the one looking at the list. <laughs> I have a good idea. I have um, a good idea. Which It's weird, but, but yeah. But I, I have an unfair advantage. I have the I put in the God code for this episode. <laughs> Kevin's gotten the God code before, so <laughs> That's it's, right. it's, yeah, I can't have it every time. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 interesting, kind of watching, because I think so far with this list and with the diversity we have in television shows, I think that it's made it um, almost impossible to get a, a clear reading on what's coming. Although Kevin has been quite right on some of his picks so far, <laughs> uh, which is kind of eerie, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and as far as Veep is, I I've not seen it, but I don't really have HBO, so I a lot of and, and I'll just put this out there: a lot of the stuff because I when I did have HBO for a little bit there, I really didn't care for much of anything I saw on it, so it it really didn't rank that high in my mind. Yeah, I could see that. It's yeah. simply, like I said, it's it's a unique form of comedy. It's hard to really. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details really kind of explain the way it works because it's it's not i don't know it's i just love the show i just think it's i i laugh it's really quick witted it's really well written the timing is 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 there there are a lot of jokes that you can kind of miss in, in, in a way but uh i i had it in my top 25 like i said because it's probably my favorite current comedy i think i mean i would wish it was a little bit higher but i think you know it's 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 a, it's a tough a tough crowd out there but all right well we're gonna we're gonna get into some different territory as we get into our next entry 69 so we've been seeing a lot of recent stuff and a lot of comedy we're going to get away from that in two ways a more of a classic show here and a different genre we're actually going to get our one of our first westerns of the countdown with one of the most iconic shows of all time i guess you could argue as with number 69 we have gunsmoke it was on eight lists with 544 points Highest ranked as number 
as 14 by none other than Kevin Optimus Solo. So, Kevin, let's start with you here. You have another one on the list. Unfortunately, this one you didn't hit quite right uh, regarding where it fell. Uh, you're a little upset that it, we're already seeing a show like Gunsmoke go down at number 69. I should not have put those okay. words together. No. <laughs> oh, I think you and I were the only ones that heard that. <laughs> I'm okay. choosing not to uh, acknowledge it. First off, no one can accuse me of being nostalgic for this because I did not watch Gunsmoke. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't born in like 1940 when it came out? <laughs> no, this was off of the air before I was born. But as far as a show that not just for a year or two held people's attention and was talked about and was watched by everybody. This show was on for 20 seasons, folks, 20 seasons and 13 of those. It was top 10 in the ratings. So, I mean, and the rest of them, it was still rated. Like there was, obviously there was a battle between Gunsmoke and Bonanza for a lot of this, and we'll see if we see Bonanza later on or not. Um, but they kind of battled each other and flip flopped. One would take number one spot, and one would, you know, then the other one was. But Gunsmoke was the number one rated show in the country for years. So, I mean, for a show from 1955 to 1975 to be this watch, this popular, this iconic, I mean, if you talk to anybody that's, uh, what, what, Let's see, how old would they be now? <laughs> if you talk to any of your grandparents, they're going to know what Gunsmoke is. Funny thing is, my grandma asked me today, and I was talking about this, she's like, what about Gunsmoke? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> well, here it is. Here it is your grandma today. will be excited that Gunsmoke has made the countdown. I mean, it didn't win a lot of awards or whatnot. I think it had like one win for best uh, drama series or whatever it was called back in the day. Maybe it was a series of intrigue or something. Weird. It it ran, it was nominated for more than a dozen Emmys. Right. And it, and it won one for sure for best overall show, but I don't remember what the categories were back then, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if a show that was on for 20 years and was this successful and this iconic for a generation for two decades should be coming in on this side of the 50 mark, but maybe I am just a bigger, maybe I give more credence to the classic shows than I do the modern shows. And maybe that's just kind of my bias. Fun fact about Amanda. I was named after a character or named after an actress that plays a character on Gunsmoke. Miss Kitty, her uh, real name was Amanda Blake. Wow. So I'm guessing you, you, you're kind of hoping it was much higher in the list since it does have your namesake. Uh, yeah, it should have been, just saying. Um, I mean, I've watched quite a bit of this. I mean, my grandma watches things like this faithfully. Growing up with her, uh, I saw a lot of uh, things like this. It just, it kind of has blended all together. Like, I couldn't tell you one episode to another. So that's that's why I didn't really rank it on my list. I think it definitely is good, though, too, not just to represent a show that was popular and that was on for so long, but it also represents a genre that was super popular in that time period as well. Westerns are not something we get a lot of. It's not something we've gotten a lot of in the last 30 years even. But back in the 50s, 60s, there was a ton of Western shows, and this was by far one of the two most popular ones. So I think it also represents a, a genre that deserves representation in this countdown. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on Gunsmoke coming in at number 69? Although I have not seen it, and it was not on my list because I had not seen it, I do give it the merit that it does have 20 seasons under its belt. And I will say that also it wasn't unheard of at that period in time from like the 1955 to the 1975. Uh, they had a plethora of other Westerns that were on as well. None of them lasted in an exact 20 years compared to this one. 
Uh, some of them came close, but none of them lasted exactly 20 years like this. So I, I could definitely see where this has merit, being that it was probably the most popular out of all of the Westerns that were on at that time. Right. I mean, th- think about this, though, for a second. That would be the equivalent of a show that started in the 90s still being popular today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something you would definitely see. I mean, the closest show that of most recent that hit that mark was something like Law & Order, which had 20 episodes, but it, it's rare to happen. I mean, especially right. for, like, a live-action show. And Law & Order kind of, that wasn't necessarily, like, it had its ups and downs. Like, it kind of was more of a back burner show for times that, you know, for some times than it was popular than it wasn't. Whereas Gunsmoke, I mean, it was pretty legit as far as that time period goes for the entire run almost. I mean, with a few minor blips probably at the end, but like Steve was saying too, even when you do take the two, three dozen Westerns that were on at this time that were, that lasted more than a season or two, this still outlasted all of those. So. Yeah. And it's hard for me because I, I look at the number of seasons and also, why did it get that? And it was it overall quality. Was it much better than those Westerns? And I did, I did watch a lot of Gunsmoke growing up. My, you know, my parents were very big in classic TV. So I watched a lot of West, a lot of this, a lot of Bonanza, a lot of classic Zorro and even some of those kid shows. Right. So I, I was grown, I guess even, heard some of like the old radio broadcasts from back in the day i do agree it should probably be a top 50 show because it's a hard thing to do it's a type of format that we don't really see today at all where it's you don't have really necessarily a lot of recurring characters a lot of things change from season to season it's like that almost a soap opera type approach in a way where you never know we're going to get right. each episode uh which is we don't get that because we're used to building relationships with characters and i think another piece of it too it not getting higher is again Similar to the Carol Burnett show, a lot of people just don't watch it. A lot of people don't see watch it today. And where I think like something like a comedy can kind of be more universal, you see it more often. More like action shows, western shows, with the genre that's not all that popular to begin with. Maybe it doesn't get kind of the recognition it deserves. So I I, I do think just in its place in history, I think you can argue that it should be higher and i do think watching it as a kid i have not seen it in such a long time so i can't say quality wise if it necessarily deserves to be there but i do think it should probably be a little higher i'm glad it did make the list because I, I that was my worry was that some of the older shows would be kind of left in, out in the cold but luckily luckily it did get some love so yeah i actually had uh gone through my list since i knew i couldn't fit uh the remaining 92 shows that i had in the 75 shows that we were going to count down still and I kind of highlighted the ones that I thought were not going to make the countdown now. And I actually had this one highlighted as not making the countdown. I didn't think people were going to give it enough votes. So I'm happy awesome. to see it. We're out of the more recent stuff for like one. And then we went back and then we went back. So let's see if we stay with that. Or are we going to stay with the classics? What's what's going on with our next entry? 68. Well, with our next entry at number 68, we're a little bit more recent than Gunsmoke. But still, we're still more classic, especially in, in, in the way that uh, in what it was about. And, you know, Monday, Tuesday, happy days, as in number 68 is none other than happy days coming in with 546 points on nine lists. Uh, highest ranked is number 10. So that it did make one person's top 10. Steve, maybe we'll start with you here. We're seeing some classic comedies again. We're seeing happy days. To me, when I again, one of the first classic TV shows I think I watched. Thoughts on it coming in here at number 68? I think it's kind of warranted. It's... It's definitely one of the most memorable shows, you know, not only in theme song, but in cast of the that era that 
I'm not real well versed in it. I have seen enough of it though. Like I, I like the the characters that that they played. I like that. Eventually, there were spinoffs from it. It was a very successful show, you know. Especially, you know, you have eleven seasons of it. Yeah, I mean, definitely for sure. I mean, it, it the Vons has his jacket in the Smithsonian, so you know it has its impact. But uh, Amanda, do you think we're jumping the shark here with number sixty-eight with Happy Days coming in? I don't know what that means. Dropping the shark? Are we dodging a bullet? It's a it's a classic phrase coming from Happy Days, basically, where you kind of just uh, <laughs> try to. It's from a famous episode from Happy Days where Fonz jumps over a shark because you know why not? Why not jump over sharks? That was before Blackfish was released as a documentary. But it's yeah, it's basically just saying you're just trying to do something to be crazy in order to uh, get attention. But it was a bad joke that didn't work because I'm old. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm sorry. I've seen quite a bit of Happy Days. I actually have it at number 16 on my list. I think that the Fonz is one of the biggest, most known, most iconic characters in TV. I'm not sure why this is so low. I know that it's dated. Maybe our crowd just hasn't really fully appreciated it. But like you said, it's probably one of the first classic TV shows that I was exposed to as well. Was it Nick at Night or something like that? It was on... Um, TV Land. TV Land. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I think it it um it wasn't it wasn't like leave it to Beaver clean. Hey, but it definitely was wholesome too. Just make yourself comfortable. You aren't going anywhere till the game's over. <laughs> oh. oh boy, you must think I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, you really think you can get some sexy chick to call up Luscious Legs Cunningham? Come on with some real sweet talk. And, and you really think I'm going to buy that? <laughs> you bought it. Looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, you know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to pop you one so you'll stop playing games. Now, I would let him go unless you want to make medical history. Good choice. Very nice. Give me a break. I think it was a real well-rounded show that, even though it's kind of dated, I think that's still iconic. And I know, Kevin, you had you had this around 48-ish, so a little closer than Gunsmoke, but still not nearly as high as you had it. Do you think it's, again, a similar situation to what we've been talking about? I, I don't actually have a problem with it coming in at 68. I know it's 20 lower than what I had it, but I think it's still in the ballpark. I, I'm personally not a huge fan of Happy Days, but... That's just because it doesn't really hold probably a, the, the nostalgic place that it does for some other people. But, I mean, it was obviously iconic for the 70s. It was the number one rated show one of the years of the 11 that it was out there. And I think she's right. I think the Fonz is definitely, if you were to do, like, the top 100 most iconic television characters, I think the Fonz is definitely on that list. So uh, I don't have a problem with it being somewhere near the middle of the countdown. I think that's fine. I do think it's one of those shows that did suffer from being on too long and characters laughed. And, but at its height, I think it, it was a really great show that did incorporate a, you know, a pastime to the 1950s in a fun way where it took all the kind of the cliches and the, like, the expected roles for the classic 50s outlook and made it into its own. And, you know, it gave us Ron Howard. So he, I guess, well, actually, Andy Griffiths did. So I don't know. I don't know. But, <laughs> and one of the most iconic uh, theme Definitely. songs. Actually, and it had two iconic theme songs. It started with Rock, Rock Around the Clock Tonight and then moved into the Happy Day song. So, uh, yeah. So it, it, it does get points for a great theme song. That That is true. But 
Well, with our next entry, we're going to go in, into a ground where we feel very, very comfortable. 67. I say that because at number 67, we're returning to an area that we often do with these countdowns, and that is the genre of superheroes. But this time, it's a classic superhero show and a classic superhero show comedy with none other than Batman the Series, the 1960 series coming in at number 67 with 575 points. It was on nine list as highest ranked as number seven. Steve, I got to start with you here because I know you're a huge Batman fan. I don't know how big of a fan you are of this series. I know we, we often see a superhero bias, but sometimes you may not see that with a show like Batman. So what are your thoughts on it coming in at number 67? It's not a bad placement of it. I mean, there are better superhero shows that came after, but I would say that for this, you know, for the inception of television uh, up until around the time we got Wonder Woman, I would say, and then even since then, we really hadn't had any good stuff until the 2000s on, on superhero television shows since Batman. Even though it was real hokey and it kind of, it was very dated, I think that it, in, to some degree, still holds up. Uh, you can still watch it. Yeah, you have some of the, the flower power people in it. And you have, you know, the hippies and all this other stuff that's, you know, very time-centric to that, that era. And you have, you know, false face instead of two-face because they couldn't... It was deemed too scary for kids, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, do, you, but, do you think false face you sounds know, worse it, than two-face, don't you? Like, I don't know. False face sounds a little, little, little scary. Well, I like... it. So. He, yeah, you would think so. I mean, false face, but he, like, he was wearing a plastic mask over his face that was, like, translucent, and it <laughs> almost looked freakier than having Two-Face be there, because he could mimic anybody's face, but even then, I was like, okay, I want to see this, uh, but they, they never did it. And then they had, you know, it, it started getting kind of bad towards the third season, because you had, you had three Mr. Freezes, you had three Catwomans, you had two different Riddlers. <laughs> And this is actors portraying the same character, like mind you. So it's it it was really funny to me to watch this, but I, I kind of grew up with it with my mom. So it's it's one of those shows that kind of held in strong for me, and I, I have it in my top twenty. But despite all of its hokiness of the sixties, uh, Amanda, any thoughts on Batman? Uh, I actually did watch uh, quite a bit of this when I was little. My stepdad and I watched it. I. I don't remember a lot of specifics. Um, I do remember the there's a lot of color and you know the blam and the pow and that they would really accentuate. Um, very made it much like the comic. I, I really thought that it was fun. I never was scared of it, but <laughs> but I I think that um, it's showing up now is a tad surprising that it's so low. But I, I'm just really not sure how many people have actually seen it. So it, I guess I, I can understand it. Uh, Kevin, are you surprised it's this low? Or are you surprised it's on the list at all? What are your thoughts? Uh, okay. Uh, I got to address like four things. First, I know Mike's going to be a little bit upset that this didn't make number 66 instead of number 67. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize so close, for that. So close. I could have fubbed things. I could have just, you know. <laughs> Missed it by that. Exactly. Am I surprised that a superhero show made our countdown? <laughs> no. Am I surprised? Surprised that Batman beats out Happy Days and Gunsmoke? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess I could see this. I, if it was going to make the list, I think it probably belonged in the '90s. But I think it does have something to say for it. I have nothing to back this up, and I have absolutely no statistical data or information to support this. But I'm going to say that this is probably one of the best-selling TV series on 
the DVD from the 60s. I, I, I can't dispute you because I don't have those numbers, so I'll go with yes. <laughs> I just have a feeling this is one that, like, every, the, the well, it just, it just recently on came DVD. out on, on DVD, if I'm not mistaken, not too long ago. Right. Yeah, well, what happened is the rights were, for the, the merchandising, was locked away for years, and only recently did Warner Brothers get their hands back on it. Right, but I just have a feeling that a lot of people have bought this since it came out, compared to, I mean, I don't think there's that much of a demand for some of the other 60s TV series right now, but a lot of people are buying Batman, even if it is just because they've been introduced through The Dark Knight or through other, you know, comics or animated series, and they want to go back and see what was there before, but, I mean... I don't know. This is so bad it's good, It's right? funny because you, if you look at the trajectory of this show and, like, the geeks' relationships with it, like, in the 80s, this show was, like, people were, like, embarrassed by it in a lot of ways because that's when Tim Burton's movie came out, Batman was becoming darker. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it was like that was looked at like, oh, that's the show that almost ruined Batman. And and I think as time has gone by, this almost become more of a respect and like it's it, kind of the, the pendulum has swung the other way, and people are now like, yeah, that was a great time, and, and it was a great comedy. I think uh, honestly, as a kid, I didn't realize it was supposed to be a comedy because I was young and stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like I think this is way way too high for it. I think it's a, a funny show. Uh, I mean, certainly its its impact on pop culture is there. Adam West is a great comedic talent. He's a fun Batman. What I was also surprised by, it actually did get an Emmy nomination for Best Outstanding Comedy Series, which I did not expect. <laughs> I, I, that was something I was surprised by. But it was also funny. It was on for three seasons, and I, and one almost had a fourth, but uh, it actually, what happened was it got dropped by ABC, and before NBC picked it up, they basically kind of uh, destroyed the sets. And then after they destroyed the sets, NBC's like, yeah, we'll do it. But then they found out the sets were destroyed and then didn't want to pay for them. So <laughs> it could have been on for more. They just didn't destroy the Batcave. So. so so I now, I guess it begs the question, will we see more superhero shows or sketch comedies? Yeah, I mean, I guess this one's kind of an in-betweener, I guess, in, in a little bit of ways. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's a fine show. I, I don't know. Like you said, Kevin, if it should be on the list, I probably would have put it in more than the 90s. But, you know, it for superhero bias, at least it's a show that's not in the, from four years ago, I guess. I don't know. But, but there we go. All right, well, we're going to stay in the geeky realm with our next entry. 66. Well, we're staying in the geeky realm, but we're going to go back to the 90s uh, for a very 90s show for made by one of the most well-respected men in the geek community. And that's Josh Whedon with his show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer coming in at number 66 
It was on 10 lists. It was actually on the most list of any show we talked about today, as high as ranked as number 8. So someone did have it in their top 10. Uh, 578 points. So it only beat Batman by 3 points. So Buffy barely beat Batman. So I don't know how many op- often you'll hear, you will hear that. But uh, a minute, let, let's start with you here. Any thoughts on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? This is the Sarah Michelle Geller joint. We're that is about. correct. Yes. yes. I have it as an 86 on Was mine. there another Buffy? <laughs> well, yes, there was a, there was a I, mo- I love movie. the original. Yeah. There's a movie, and right. I love it. It's got Paul Rubens in it. Look it up. I know, but, but I was talking about TV shows. But TV, yeah, this is... I, I think I saw quite a bit of this back in the day. I remember in middle school, I had to write, uh, like, one of those a prairie state testing or something like that, and it's like, write an essay, and it was something to do with um, actors or something, and I chose Spike from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I wrote an entire middle school essay on a character from the show, and I think I rocked out. <laughs> so hardcore. Thanks for coming in um, and swooping and save the day, Spike. But um, I, I didn't I didn't really care for, like, Angel, like the spinoff or whatever, but liking the show so much as a kid, I, I had to get into this. I don't remember a ton of specifics from it, but definitely enjoyed all the characters i think that the chick from american pie was in it for a while she was pretty cool (laughs) yeah i love seth green too so i mean i had fun with the cast i had fun with the the episodes but not nothing really stuck out as far as any specific episode i was surprised that with the with the genre of films and tv shows that you like that this wasn't higher ranked on your list. I was watching TRL more at this time, <laughs> so I didn't have time for a bubble. Don't admit that. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were okay, mother. We're both good. You? <laughs> I can go a little while without getting shot or stabbed, I'll be alright. Look, this can't... Ever be anything. I know. For one thing, you're like 224 years older than I am. I just gotta... I gotta walk away from this. I know. Me too. One of us has to go here. Yeah, this this is definitely one of those shows that I think... I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe you have a better... uh, your hand is more on the pulse than I was, but is this a show that, that gained more popularity as time went? Because I know people talked about it and watched it and, you know, it was popular when it was on, but I feel like it's developed a bigger following as every year goes by. And like, it's getting more respect and more credit later on in life. It's like one of those that had like a longer shelf, like where after the fact people are starting to appreciate it more, or maybe it's just always been appreciated. And I just didn't, realize it i think what happened with buffy is a few things i think at the time it did have a pretty big falling i was i don't know for sure but i think it was one of the, the biggest wb shows of the time but i think what's happening though is that at the time you had a really weird weird mix of people who liked buffy you had that classic like dawson's creek crowd the you know the the more like non-geeky side because you had you know it's buffy and then you didn't did have a lot of geeks and guys who were in the show into the show but in many i think it were felt like uh not ashamed but like unwilling to admit it because it's the show on cw on wb it's centered on a female character i think as time went on 
in Josh Whedon became more Josh Whedon we know, that fandom kind of expanded. With the internet, people could kind of express their love for it, so people realized it's not just a, you know, to simplify it, a quote-unquote girl show, even though it's not necessarily that at all. So I, I do think it has certainly gained following as it went on, but I think a lot of it, too, was just this perception of what Buffy was when it was much more than that, I think, was part of the problem, if that makes sense at all. Amanda? You seem like you wanted to react. It's not just a wish so much. I, I know. I, I agree with you. I'm saying it, it's not. It, it, it's much more than that. But I think for a lot of people at the time they that didn't that watch it, a, it was like that was the so perception afraid, people. Yeah, they were afraid yeah. to say or to give it a chance because they thought, oh, that's just a girl show. I'm not going to watch it. It's a WB show. And all the WB shows were girl shows at the time. Yeah, I think it spawned my love of Charmed as well. I think it, that was kind of in the same vein as Buffy. For me, anyways. Uh, Steve, any thoughts on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Um, I watched it here or there. It wasn't a bad show. I I wasn't too sure about it when I first started watching it. I, I watched it for a little bit, enough to be slightly versed in it at the time, but I can't remember squat about it now. But I, I remember enjoying it, what little I did watch. So, And I do, I do agree that the cult following has kind of expanded as the internet has. And I, I believe that they continued it... As well as like a comic form. Yeah, there's. I think there's a, a comic of, of both series. In a lot of websites, I was looking at some other. I was trying to do some research on like other top. If there was other top 100 TV show lists out there, which there weren't a lot, but I'm pretty sure I saw one that had Buffy at like number one or number two out there too. And I've seen um, it show it, up in a lot of lists. Yeah, that 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 I'm not sure. I, I, what's interesting too is that this is a second Josh Whedon show that we're getting. We had Agents of Shield, which again was another talked about ep- ep- entry from last one. We now have Buffy. Do you guys think we're going to get more shows that have his name attached? Firefly. Was that him? There's Firefly, Dollhouse. Uh, I feel like there's more that I'm forgetting. I would I would be surprised we don't see Firefly. Yeah, I think I think we'll, we'll probably we'll we'll see we'll see where we go. Any other thoughts on Buffy before we move on to the next show? Nope. Well. With our next entry, uh, last time I think for some reason Scrubs became the show of the, the, <laughs> the show of the show. I, I suffice to say that this will probably be the most talked about show after the episode is over. I, I'm almost positive I can guarantee that, and uh, for a number of reasons. Sixty-five. This is going to be controversial for a, a few ways. First, it's the first time we're getting to a show in the countdown today where someone ranked it number one. Someone on the record today oh, are you kidding ranked me it, no ranked it number one uh it was on nine lists 578 points coming in at number 65 yes i think kevin you have an idea what we're that talking about shit. it is the cosby show scared. coming in it's... no i knew when you said it was gonna be controversial that that's what it was and that's oh. the biggest load of horseshit i've ever heard yes it is a cosby show coming in number 65 and kevin i'll just kind of just step away and let you go i mean that's that's just people doing political bullshit right there i don't you cannot maybe it's just my There's nothing political i'm touching little girls not political bullshit but but the pcs and the i okay i get it like stuff has come out and the guy you can have obviously the opinion on that and i'm it's not that I'm arguing about that. The show was good, but the man was a dirtbag. Right, that's fine, but that does not take away from how good that show was, in my opinion. And uh, I guess if people wanted to keep it off the list just because he was involved, then so be it. But if you're taking all bias out, biasness towards 
the individual out of this. That's, this is a top 10 show of all time. It's that's ridiculous. The, the cultural impact it had, it was five times rated the number one show in the country out of eight seasons. It was nominated, but for a ton of awards, it was a breakthrough show and there is absolutely no way in hell that this is not a top 10 show of all time. Sorry. Uh, Steve, any thoughts? I remember watching this, and it's it's actually a really good show. There's I, I don't see why everybody's getting up in arms about it, and I, I agree with you, Kevin, that it's a show that's warranted a lot of acclaim and a lot of attention just because of how, you know, it, it did teach all of the, you know, the right notes as, as far as family, you know, sitcom type stuff ran. And to kind of give the show a downer based on what the guy's done is kind of crap. If, if we but, did this list, if we had done this list five years ago, there's no 65. Oh, no, there's no way in hell. And I think some people, like myself, I, actually, I forgot to put it on my list, but it had nothing to do with the the man himself because a few weeks ago we were talking about that on, on Altered Geek. I mean, you know, and, and people were giving us crap because we were saying it was a good show. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. That's like taking an athlete and saying they're not, they weren't good because they were involved in something off the field. Like, give me a break. That doesn't mean they weren't a good. You can say that the person's a dirtbag and maybe didn't deserve the chance to play that sport or to make millions of dollars, but you can't tell me that you know player X or player B is not a good, a good football player or not, not a good basketball player just because. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Will Chamberlain or whoever it was, Dr. J. I mean, they had like 1,700 children out of wedlock. Does that mean he's not the best basketball player in the top 10 of all time? No. So it's... I, I guess I'll, I'll be on the other side of this. I did rank it on the show. I Even without the, the controversy, I personally don't feel it's a top 10 show of all time. I think it's a great show, top 25, top 15. I don't know if I'd put it in the top 10. Uh, the ratings-wise, whatnot, I, I, I think it's good, uh, but I don't think it's... Uh, There's not many shows that have more of an impact as far as being able to put an African-American family in a situation where they were both uh, individuals. They weren't, weren't portrayed as, you know, second class or middle class. They were a lawyer, and it was something that had never been done on TV before, to put a black family on TV in this type of element. I, I agree with that, but it doesn't necessarily, I think, make that show a good show just because you do No, that. I'm saying that's another aspect of consistent impact that it had as far as how it portrayed you know another way to look at um and i and I, I could see that but i also could see the other side of that where a lot of people weren't able to relate to that because of where those people are coming from but then it did isolate a lot of people who felt that that those people aren't who i am so i can't really relate to that show but they get to the the idea of ranking it or not ranking it i personally have no issue with not to rank this list I, it's hard and i get the idea of separating art from the artist it's and and i try to do that myself and I look at something like you know a movie attracted by roman polanski and I, I can watch that movie despite what he has done and i'll be honest when it comes to something like the cosby show i can't watch it today i just can't and it, it for a lot of reasons because a it's He's on the show, and it's very much him, a representation of him, and it, it just comes to me as false. And it's just like this idea of someone who's like almost like a – it's like finding out one of your high school teachers and finding out that like everything they taught you 
And like, you, yeah, you learn those lessons, but in the background, all these awful things are happening. So like, they were living a lie. The, the morality they were preaching wasn't something they were following. And when that, when you have a story like Cosby that was so much built upon that and at the time was wonderfully told and was a huge impact, when, when you go back and look at it now and you have that, you know, that real life knowledge, it's hard not to sit there and say, I just can't, I can't do it. it I can't watch this the same way I, I did then especially when that person that is causing the problems or the person behind it is on the screen. So you almost feel cheated. You feel lied to because this is a guy that I, I highly respected. I felt like, you know, this is, he's a quintessential family man, like all that other stuff. So when you, when then you find this other stuff that goes on, I, I, I do have a difficulty just sit there and watching it, but I mean, I don't know. I, I do think it should be much higher on the list. I think it's, you know, like I said, 25 top 25 at the least but again i don't i don't have an issue if someone says you know what no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna it's it, i'm not gonna put this on the list because of what what other issues and yeah i mean it's is that unfair to the show sure but i think it I don't have an issue with it uh well do you know do you have the average that it was ranked up among the people that actually voted for it it was ranked uh 37 like it's average ranked with around 37 so the the people that did vote for it tended to vote for it rather highly. I had it like number twenty six on my list. There the highest rank there was was seventy eight. To be honest, though, um, if I'm I don't typically support when people do this when they're making these lists to try to fudge the system. But if I was being honest with myself, this would not be the number one show on my list. My number three or one of my other numbers would actually be what I think is the best show of all time. But I put this at number one because I, I was trying to combat the number of people that I knew were not going to rank it. So, And I did that with my number two because of it's an older show and I wanted to make sure that it didn't get lost in the shuffle. So it was a little strategic for me to put it at number one. So it's not like I actually think it is the number one show. I just think it's deserving of, like you said, top 10. Uh, for me, top 10. For you, top 20. I would be fine with that. 25, whatever. Yeah, it was it was only on, on nine list, which I think is kind of the issue here that, that that's why it's not not getting further and you know it's and i think like steve it could also be a situation like steve where he just forgot about it and didn't put it on a list because that's so, all that often happens so well. dan i take it you didn't like it when hulk hogan turned bad you like in wcw or like or when when you find out that he's really a racist because there's a t- <laughs> both <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but i mean I, I understand what you're saying but then if you follow that logic through fruition then every you know it would eliminate so many things that you probably do like i, th- I think it i think it, it is a case-by-case basis though because it's a very specific case when it, it it's like finding out mr rogers was a serial killer or something like that would would then you feel comfortable ranking mr rogers as a best educational show of all time i mean it i, I do I think... guess for me it just is a completely i, I don't I, I have no problem separating it like i would still see mr rogers and say you know it was teaching lessons and for someone that doesn't know that if they're just watching the show it's it's going to have the same impact i don't maybe i'm just seeing things in way too a I think you're putting the rose-colored glasses on for this one, and you're trying to to focus just on the show when in reality I am focusing on the show. We're voting he, on the best show of all people time. People can't separate that all the time because you you have a connection to a show, you have a connection to something you like, and you can't connect with that person the same way anymore once you see them in a different light like that. No, it's just a, I it has it doesn't go back and then erase what the, what I got out of the show when I watched it. I guess for me. But I bet it, we better not see Seventh Heaven show up anywhere. <laughs> oh, I, I was I was more so saying like I can't watch it today. 
Like it's well, no, I get that, and I haven't even tried. So maybe I would have the same reaction if I actually tried to watch it. Maybe, but since I haven't tried, I guess I can't speak to that. And it, I'll, I'll be honest, because I'm a little, I'm hypocritical with it, because like, like I said, I can watch like Roman Polanski directed film, and you know he has been, he has his own issues. Certainly, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That are not that far off from Cosby's. It, but I, I can't watch the Cosby show and it, I, it get, could be... I, I can get what you're saying to a point because of the character that he's playing in the show and kind of some of the some of the like it's hard to like you said he is the show like yes there's a cast of five or six or whatever other people that that spend a lot of time with him but it is him that's teaching the lessons it's him I mean uh, Felicia Rashad is doing a little of it, but it's mainly his antics that sell the show. It's his comedy that sells the show. So, I mean, I can kind of get what you're saying. I guess for me, it, it doesn't have the same effect, but that's not me going back and now trying to watch it. Yeah, I think you make the good comparison regarding something like, like a, for example, like O.J. Simpson, you know, or Lawrence Taylor, who have awful off-the-field issues, but I'm still going to say that they belong in the Hall of Fame. I still think that this deserves a, a spot on the list. I still think the show itself, separate, you do have to kind of separate it when I'm voting for it, but just as an experience point, I'm like, I, and I am just was also indicating that I don't have, if someone says, you know what, I'm not going to, I can't put that on my list. I, I understand it. I don't necessarily was not something I would do, but I could see why that would go through someone's mind. Yeah, people have strong reactions, so I mean, I can I can totally see it too. I mean, it's a, a definite thing in our society that you you get judged very harshly, and well, it should be like that, but it, it definitely is going to kind of portray to everything that everybody has ever done in that light. And you know, he's not the only one that uh, that we could say has a show that has definitely fallen off the the popularity list because of stuff like that. I actually wasn't going to put it on my list, but Kevin gave such a good argument why I should still put it on my list. I have it at number 40, but I still like some things more than that. Um, than that show is even in the same kind of dynamic, like family matters. I loved way more than the show. I think it's cause yeah, you could get behind it a little bit more. It's a little more fun. That is a product of you growing up. Instead of that is a yeah, it's definitely. Sorry. <laughs> well, let, let's go in a different direction with our our next list. I think this one will have a, a lot less controversy for sure. Sixty-four. All right. Well, coming in at number sixty-four, we're having a, another classic show, and I, I did not expect this to be on the list. I'm actually quite happy. Number sixty-four. It was on ten lists. Uh, it is coming from a cinematic mind and that of Alfred Hitchcock with Alfred Hitchcock Presents. As I mentioned, on 10 lists, 582 points, as highest ranked as number 7. So it didn't make one person's top 10. Uh, Kevin, let's start with you. Any thoughts on seeing Alfred Hitchcock Presents coming in at number 64? I mean, I think this definitely deserves to be involved in the conversation. I think it represented something that was pretty unique in the fact that it's not like a sitcom where there was two dozen other sitcoms that were doing similar stuff. So I think from that standpoint, it, from a unique 
standpoint, from a creative standpoint, I, I think you can definitely see that. It was on for seven years, so it had some staying power. Um, it had some awards. It was uh, highly rated. So, I mean, every aspect that you're looking from just a number standpoint, it has support. So I don't have a problem with this showing up. I think, it, like I said, I think it deserves to be involved in the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, my first introduction to Alfred Hitchcock was this show, and I just remember the entry, you know, the beginning, the classic music with the silhouette, and it, you know, it's similar to that of Gunsmoke, where like every episode was something new, and it was unique in that way. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on Alfred Hitchcock Presents? Well, I have it at ninety-four on my list. I think that. It definitely had its own style, his, you know, Hitchcockian ways. I think it also spawned um, a love for um, some other shows of, of mine. I love Tales from the Crypt. Love that. And I feel like it's got the same kind of feel. Also, like, the Twilight Zone stuff. Who, who can't love that? Um, I, I just love that kind of genre, though. I think might be my, my crux there. I, it's kind of a type of TV I wish we would get back to in some ways. We really don't see anything quite like this today. Kevin, looking at this in Gunsmoke, do you think we have these in the right order? you think we would flip-flop them? Either one deserved to be much higher than the other? I, I would put Gunsmoke a little bit higher. I, I think it it's doing what Alfred Hitchcock did, but then doing it twice as long or three times as long, which I, just by itself is not, like I said, but the fact that it was still maintaining for its you know time frame the same high standards for that long i would probably flip-flop them a little bit but i, I can see them both being in the same argument do we think I, I know if you look at the people who contributed to this less we saw a lot of people who are very movie centric you know do you think having a movie tie-in or being influenced by an iconic movie director is a big reason why we're seeing this here i think it maybe has a part to play because i was kind of surprised to see it i thought it might go uh, unnoticed just because number one it's from the you know back in the 50s people don't have access to it as much maybe they haven't been exposed to it so i thought it was one that could get lost in the shuffle it was definitely a surprise to hear that but i think maybe the fact that it is a personality like that that maybe resonates more with the crowd that was involved that might have helped it i'm surprised it's here but not in surprising and not quality wise just because i wasn't sure how many people have watched it or really remember the show so really happy that it made the list i think it's a good spot for it actually not that far from where i had it on my list so uh it's very cool i'm glad we're also getting again we're we were seeing a great deal of old new stuff and we're kind of seeing some old stuff and some more classic stuff still make the list so we are still getting that similar not nearly as much diversity as the first episode but still getting some some you know horror films some western some comedy it's all there but let's see if that continues as we get into our next entry 63 in at number 63 well we're going a little bit more recent and we had one western and this is kind of more of an updated western it was on eight list with 583 points only beat alfred hitchcock by a point alfred hitchcock had 582 points and it's the fx drama that just recently ended and that is justified like i mentioned on eight list as highest ranked as number two by mike powers he ranked it at number two and i and I, I could see why i know this last season was really well regarded i'm not sure if you guys have any thoughts at all on justified amanda have you seen justified i have not seen justified i, I think i've seen the um I, I want to call it a preview for, like, the seasons that come up. I, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's not, like, an episode, but it's something that would play in the, like, beginning of the episode. 
so I, that's all I've been exposed to. And I love Timothy Oliphant. I think he's super cool. I don't know why I haven't made time for this show yet. I don't get... You said this is an FX show, correct? It is on FX, but it is also stream. The, all but the most recent episode, uh, all but the most recent season is streaming on uh, Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. I I, I was kind of curious too. On uh, kind of a side note, before you give your thoughts on Justified, but you know we saw a whole bunch of the modern comedies early on in this episode, and I was thinking, yeah, we're seeing a whole bunch of the modern stuff, but we haven't seen much of the modern, you know, action, crime, drama genres yet. So even though we were seeing a bunch of the comedies, be kind of checked off the list i was wondering at what point we were going to start seeing maybe some of the other genres for modern modern shows and this is i guess kind of the first example of it yeah it's mostly been the comedies and the sketch shows that have kind of been dominating the list this is the first one we're getting that is the more drama based in you know like we haven't really seen many cop procedurals or cop shows or, or things like that so i don't know what that means for the list well i do but i'm gonna lie and say i don't but uh, uh my, my, so it's cool that we're finally getting to some of these shows. And I, I am uh, a gigantic fan of Justified. Uh, Waylon Gibbons is one of my favorite, like, antiheroes ever. Like, he he's kind of like the I, – I, hard to explain. Almost like an updated Clint Eastwood in a way, a little bit more soft-spoken, kind of badass – but uh, often just really funny. Like, And what's also great about it, too, is just the relationship with him and um, his kind of foil throughout. Boy Crowder, played by uh, Whit Gibbons, who's also another fine actor. They have this really great dynamic. It was in, uh, there, there are some seasons that are better than others. Season two, to me, was one of the best. The last season, actually, unfortunately, which I didn't finish, was really great. But I think it, season two ranks as one of my all-time favorite TV seasons. But uh, I would highly, highly rank, recommend checking out Justified. Uh, it's a really fun show and uh, some great action, some great comedy. And uh, again, it's I think it's, it's DJ from Simplistic Reviews, I think, mentioned that like Boyd Crowder and Raylan Gibbons are almost like a Batman Robin type and Batman Joker type of relationship. And I think that's actually a, a pretty good comparison. So if you enjoy that, you might enjoy Justified. But all right. Let's move on to our next on the countdown. And we're getting into. Another icon, in at least in the movie community. 62. In at number 62, as I mentioned, is another show that has many ties to films because it has actually many of its stars are big time movie stars of today. And that is the show Freaks and Geeks coming in at number 62 with 590 points. It was on 10 lists. It was on quite a few lists. As highest ranked as number 13, as I mentioned, it is a show full of cinematic talent of today with its ties to people like Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel. James Franco, it's, the list goes on and on. But the question is, how good was sh the show Freaks and Geeks when it came out? Was I know it's a show that was only on for once. It had a lot of love for the people that did enjoy it, but unfortunately did not have the ratings. What do you guys think of Freaks and Geeks coming in at, here at number 62? I would guess that this is also, you mentioned in last week's episode, the list that I believe you said TV Guide or somebody had done about the top shows that were cut short or only lasted a couple seasons or, you know, canceled too soon. I would guess that this would be something that would be involved in that kind of conversation. I'm not saying it made their list, but it sounds like uh, that this would be something that people would think about in that vein. Cause I was, I actually thought it was a typo on the Excel sheet that this was only on one season. I was like, well, that's not right. Uh, but uh, yeah, but that is right. I just, 
the way it seemed like this was in conversation much longer than one season. Like people were talking about it and it was a thing and definitely has a cult following. So I, I actually was completely wrong in my thought process that this lasted no. way more what than you one season. Do is look for something in the store that's expensive but looks really cheap. And then you switch price tags with something that is really cheap. Then you got to put the original back on it and return it for store credit. That's how I got this jacket. Ten bucks this thing cost me. Oh, it's beautiful. Clearly worth all the effort. <laughs> my dad caught a shoplifter once, and he had to lock him in the store, and then the cops came. Well, my dad says shoplifters cost him a fortune. Hey, if I owned your store, I caught some little kid shoplifting, I'd just take him out back, and I'd deal with it. Oh, would you, Mr. Tough Man? Yeah, I would, Mrs. Tough Man. <laughs> oh, like that time when uh, John Ergner kicked your ass? Like like that? Do you mind flapping your lips somewhere else? You smell. Amanda, any thoughts? Uh, I haven't seen any of it, but I, I mean, I've heard it mentioned. Um, I think that from the sound of um, the caliber of cast that I, I might have to check this one out. Yeah, I think, honestly, if it stayed on the air long enough, it could have been like the like the new wonder years in that way it didn't necessarily use like historical events nearly as much as wonder years did it did really capture uh, the culture of the you know the 1980s in that way and had that dramedy and comedy feel and did represent that 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 uh the type of personality of the freaks and geeks of, of that time so I, I really see why a lot of people do gravitate towards it because i felt like it presenting a type of people that this was before you know right before geek culture i think really really took off so if it maybe was a year or two late it, it may have become more popular and i think that one thing i do get to give judd apatel a huge amount of credit for, for for this and a lot of his early films is that guy knows how to cast he can really spot talent and utilize it like everyone in this show with 40 year old version like someone like jonah uh, jonah hill and a lot of people who are involved in his early projects really go on and do a great thing so i really liked freaking geeks honestly it was a show that i caught up with just because of this list i'm like oh this is one show i can actually you know finish <laughs> before we before we because there's only one season it's on netflix and it is man i wish this lasted longer do you think and this it, is more deserving than some of the other one or two season shows we've talked about uh it's 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 hard to say i i think in in the terms of like comparing it to something like uh I'm trying to look, think of other shows that were only had one season that made the list so the far. The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it's definitely deserving, more deserving than that. In the genre of like coming of age, and if you look at, say, other coming of age shows around that time, like Dawson's Creek, Boy Meets World, I think it, it is far superior to all those. It feels more authentic to me. And uh, it, it really, like I said, it does have that one years feel where you get you, you just get this sense that it's people that are kind of uh, of the time, but not too much of the time where you're just like it's too it's almost kind of gimmicky and how much you're using the 80s. It was a, it was a good like barometer they used. All right. So makes sense. And speaking of shows with one season or speaking of recent shows, it's actually uh, we'll see what happens when we get to our next entry. Sixty one. We had a huge slew of new modern or more more recent comedies. With Justified, we got our more modern drama, and we're actually getting into another cop drama or more recent drama. And this one, I wonder if it actually was hurt by the fact it had a second season. And coming in at number 61, it is True Detective, 
Uh, the HBO drama, I guess serial drama, I don't know how you would say it, uh, came in on eight lists. As highest ranked as number five. So someone did rank this super, super high. It was only on eight lists, but those that ranked it ranked it relatively high. It had an average rank of 27. So no one really ranked it below their top 30, top 40. So, Kevin, we're seeing, we're seeing again, more recent stuff pop up here again. A show like True Detective. This one, though, does have two seasons. Not, I know you mentioned you haven't, haven't checked this out, though. What, what are your thoughts, though, on seeing a show like True Detective come in again at number 61? It makes sense to me that we're seeing the – we've shifted from modern comedies to more of the modern serious uh, shows because – Usually I think those do hold a higher level for people when they're thinking quality of a show. I think sometimes it's easier for them to rank dramas, action, uh, you know, thriller type stuff ahead of comedy. Just because I think sometimes the comedies blend together. So I'm not surprised that we're kind of seeing it in this order. Not saying that that's going to necessarily hold true. I might be missing a few. Uh, I know I'm we're probably going to see a few more comedies that we haven't like. So it doesn't surprise me. And I know this, obviously, the first season of True Detective, I think, is probably ranks very high on a lot of people's list of, like, best seasons overall. Like, if you're doing this, whatever, top 100 seasons of all time, I'm sure True Detective Season 1 would be pretty highly ranked. Uh, Amanda, is this a continuation of the McConaissance? What is that? The McConaughey's? McConaughey. Matthew, McCon- Matthew McConaughey's rebirth as a, an, an actor. Okay. Again, I thought that was more recent than my last badge. Yeah, I thought she so. would get that one. I I was kind of on track, but I didn't I didn't want to go with it. I didn't I wasn't <laughs> sure. You're all about the McConaughey. I don't know about all that, but I haven't seen any of this. I've heard a lot of talk of it. I know that there's a, a large buzz surrounding it. Uh, I'm not all on board on, like, every HBO show. I think since I don't get that network, I'm more choosy about what I'm actually going to seek out um, and actively um, have to watch since I don't have the channel. And I think this is one that I just... I I watched a lot of cop and crime dramas um, growing up. So now that I'm an adult, I kind of veered off and I'm kind of done and over with... um, kind of over that uh, that phase so I, this is not something i've really gotten behind so i can really yeah and i i have seen you know trader tracks of season one in in season two and season one i will be honest with you if, if season one was the only season that came out i probably would have ranked it a lot higher in my list i didn't hate season two but it just it with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It just wasn't the same it, for, for a variety of different reasons, but the first season of, of True Detective ranks as some of the best TV I have ever is, seen. How could it be him? If we already caught him in 95. How indeed, detectives? I figured you'd be the one to know. And start asking the right fucking questions. 
not to put the expectations to a point where you'll never be able to enjoy it because it's uh, setting it way too high. But as an acting standpoint, Matthew McConaughey and, uh, and Woody, Woody Harrelson as well. McConaughey is great, but I think what really makes it worse it, without Woody Harrelson, True Detective Season 1 wouldn't be nearly as good. I think that's a big part of why Scene 2 it was a little lesser then because it didn't have a character like Woody Harrelson to kind of who can do drama but a bit of comedy just to to mix it in there too. On a visual standpoint, you know, coming from the director who just recently made Beasts of No Nations, who had full control of the entire season, could have one voice and one one. Well, it was unlike anything I've seen from from the opening credits to, to pretty much the the final season. It did set a high bar. I know when it comes to recent shows, like we've mentioned, it's hard to kind of gauge where they belong. But to me, True Detective Season 1 was one of the best TV shows I've seen, uh, bar none. And it set a new bar for what I expect with TV. Uh, with our next entry in the list, though, we're actually going to get into a place we have yet to get to with this list. So let's see what we have in store. 60. All right, coming in at number 60 with... 593 points actually only one more point than that of true detective it was on eight lists it's the first late night talk show that we're going to talk about and it's one of the most iconic it is the tonight show with johnny carson coming in at number 60 johnny carson himself um like it was highest ranked as number three so it was ranked within the top five for one person uh what do you guys think about seeing a it being our first talk show on the list, does it belong here? And is it, knowing how influential Carson has been on TV, should it be higher? I mean, if you're if you're someone that believes it should be in the conversation, which I think it should, as I mean, talk shows, late night talk shows, then this is one of the most iconic ones. So I mean, it makes perfect sense that this is on there. It begs to to ask the question then if we have anything else on here if we have like a letterman or a leno or something like that ranked above johnny carson then i think the debate begins because i mean johnny carson was what was it three decades that that was on and it really set the bar for what late night could be and and for a lot of people should be i guess and it's hard to argue with his you know him as a personality as a character and as a comedian so i think if you're including late night shows that he has to be one that's represented. I myself did not vote for any of the late night shows, but again, I also didn't vote for Sesame Street and Saved by the Bell and a lot of other things just in my narrow vision of what I was trying to come up with. But I think it it definitely deserves to be a part of the conversation. Amanda, are you, uh, what are your thoughts on seeing Johnny Carson here? Uh, I think a lot of what Kevin said definitely holds true. I think it'll be interesting to see if any of these other shows do pop up and where where they're located on the list um, in relation to this. Um, I think that they they should definitely be under such an iconic and kind of revolutionary um, name behind that kind of genre of show. So uh, I'm a little curious to see if anything else pops up because I believe that they should definitely below be below Johnny Carson. I think for sure if you're going to look at the like the host of late night who has had the biggest impact on comedy. I don't think, and you've asked comics that I'm sure all of them would say, yes, Johnny Carson. Cause you know, they said the tonight show was a show that can make or break careers. You know, there's people Carson got his seal of approval. And next thing you know, you know, they're having a, a sitcom They're ha- you know, Drew Carey to Jerry Seinfeld to, to, to a number of other different comedians got their break because of, 
of Carson. I watched a little Carson when I was younger. You know, I was you know it came long before my time and and ended just as I was old, getting old enough to stay up that late. And you know, he certainly is funny. I I, I think though I, I tend to personality wise or more sense of humor wise, I tend to go through other late night comedians, but. You know, the judge. It's so funny, I'm, I'm everybody. It seems like with late night stuff in particular, everybody has a distinct taste of what kind of c- comedian they like. It is, yeah, and they're very different. Like you know, Carson's different than Leno, different than Letterman. So it, it is. I think it, it's not necessarily one's better than the next. It's just like what fits the mold that you enjoy, and uh, uh, it, so that's where it gets kind of difficult. So if you're just looking at okay, what show has the biggest? I'd argue that maybe Carson should have been much higher than it is. But again, that depends upon if we're gonna get more late night shows that are in the same milk but all right well let's move on to our next show in the countdown 59 it was actually interesting last week we talked we had very little very little cop dramas very little cop procedurals cop shows and now we had a lot of comedies and i feel like this one we're, we're, we're getting a little bit more mixes we're getting another cop drama fortunately tfg one mike is not here because this is the one he had the highest ranked which is surprising because i didn't think this is a show he would like but coming in at number 59 it's another fx show one of fx first i think big hits big drama hits and that is the shield with 595 points it was on nine lists as i mentioned as highest ranked as number two by uh, tfd1 mike do you think we're seeing the end of comedy and we're just going to go drama from here on out i don't think we're done with comedy i think there's i think what we have especially when you do these lists you're going to have a lot of things that are either fresh on people's minds or uh, cult followings or stuff like that that shows up more in the in the first half of the list. So maybe we've seen the the majority of those comedies, but then I think the ones that really kind of are on a different level we'll still see. So I mean I think we'll and I, not to say that some people couldn't make an argument for some of the ones that you've made arguments for with um, the the few that we've seen uh, earlier on in this episode, but I think now you'll start to get a separation where you get those that are on maybe an upper echelon, and so I think we're kind of going through some of the dramas now too that uh, and the cop dramas and those action shows that kind of fit in that same ilk that are uh, that had a big following or maybe at one point did, um, but maybe don't people aren't quite ready to put on maybe that upper level and. I mean, I had it ranked at number 69, which it's at number 60, so it's not too far off. But regardless of where I ranked it, I, I did fully expect to see The Shield on this episode because I think it is. It's a, it's a group. It belongs to a group of cop shows, action drama shows that uh, are loved, that do have a following, that uh, did have their moment. But I don't think maybe needed to put them in that upper echelon. So I, I am not surprised at all that we're seeing it today. Amanda, any thoughts on the sheep? Uh, only, I've been seeing that guy that plays the thing in the other Fantastic Four movies. What's his Michael yeah, Chiklis? I've seen him in a ton of shows that I watch. Like, he's on Gotham right now. He's an American Horror Story last season. I just feel like I've been seeing him everywhere lately. So, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think I watched really any of The Shield. I think maybe I saw um, the first couple episodes. And he was just like a really angry, douchey cop, right? Detective. And just he kind of bent the rules a little bit. He was very much in that like anti-hero. Definitely would break questionable methods for sure. And uh, yeah, definitely like he uh, douchebag is a good word, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I can't speak too much about it, but I'm not surprised to see it. My TV knowledge is not as great, but I, I feel like The Shield was one of the first the cable shows that was 
looked at on the same level as like other network TV shows. I remember there was a time when like cable was lesser than, you know, it was just kind of like it, it never had the same type of quality as you would get in a network TV, but like the shield, you know, it, it did win you know, an Emmy in 2002 for best, best series. And I think it, I don't know if that was the first cable series to do that, but I think it was along with a few other shows showed that yes, you know, a, a network like FX could compete with that of well, NBC and Fox a, and then all the others. Time period when we were getting a barrage of all these different channels that were, that were instead of being specific to like a, like, not that MTV was music videos ever, but uh, once upon a time it was. But, I mean, you had different channels that were specific for f- food shows or for this show or for that show. And it was the early 2000s was really a time where these channels started or other channels decided to try to do series and have them be more serious. It wasn't just like the comedic minor league stuff that you saw on USA, TBS, or TNT type things. It was more like, uh, you know, FX and some of these other channels actually joining joining the conversation. And it kind of represented a, a switch in the whole channel lineup where we were seeing some more expansion into, hey, it's not just a few, not just the main three or four that kind of hold serious series. Yeah, I remember like remembering cable just like that's where I'd go to watch the shows that would on or network TV during the day. Like it was like there was a syndication and you know there you know USA had like silk stockings <laughs> and stuff like that, but it nothing that was you know taking all that seriously. I think Shield kind of just certainly raised the bar. Uh, we mentioned it with like Always Sunny as well. Like I think it's great. I think you could you could make the argument it could be higher on the list. I'm sure uh, Mike will make that argument, he but uh, I he had it number two, which is. Which is odd, you know, knowing his taste. I was surprised he liked the show as much as he did. But I think a lot of people hold it in high regard. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not surprised. But I expected, knowing what else is out there that we could possibly go over, that that at some point today or very early in the next episode, I expected to see this. So I'm happy with where it fell. Yeah, I know, like, you know, there's other cop shows, and I feel like a lot of people rank this as one of the best. So I think you do see, like, a lot of love for The Shield. So, all right, let's move on to next in the countdown 58. Well, with the next entry, I'm surprised we haven't got more of these as, you know, we are a, a, pod, a network that does love its animation. We've had one animated show so far, and we're going to get back to that with number 58 with, we talked about MTV, ironically enough, another MTV show, or maybe the only MTV show we're going to have on this list. Uh, at number 58, we have Beavis and Butthead coming in with 599 points, just not quite making that 600 barrier. It was on only a nine list, but as highest ranked as number eight. So someone did have it in their top 10. Again, it's been a while. Last time we had an animated show was back in ni- with 97 in the Flintstones. Any surprise of seeing Beavis and Butthead making this countdown? No, I'm super happy that it did. I have it at number 28. <laughs> it was one of the shows I remember um, not being allowed to watch, but definitely still watching when Mom left the room, um, <laughs> <laughs> going down to the basement and making sure you had that um, that uh, the station on the previous that you know that you could hit the that flashback button. button was, yeah. was key when you were a teenager. Yeah, totally needed that. So. Um, I, I was exposed to this <laughs> probably too early, but um, I I fell in love with the characters. They're they're the most quotable for me uh, out of a long string of like animated stuff. I think that um, everybody has a an impersonation of either Beavis or Butthead, maybe both. I think that it uh, even the movie that was spawned from it was amazing. I love it. I can this is stuff that I can rewatch. They even brought it back for a while. 
um, with new stuff, and it still worked, even with the, you know, when they're sitting in the living room watching TV and the music videos, they were showing newer stuff, and they were reacting to this newer stuff, and it's the the same kind of gimmick that they're playing on still worked for me. I, I loved it. Kevin, is this the first show that's going to have that trifecta showing up in the animated series, animated movie, and now top 100 TV shows? Um, there's going to be one other one. Uh, <laughs> there's there's going to be there's going to be two that have the hat trick, I believe. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at animated shows that I thought deserved to be in the top 100, I only had room for three, and Beavis and Butthead was not one of them. If I was expanding this list and doing like let's say top 150 or top 200 shows, then Beavis and Butthead for sure I would probably have in there. I just didn't think it quite was on the same level as the Flintstones or the other two that I ranked personally. But I don't have a problem with with people putting it on there. If you're gonna tell me that Beavis and Butthead deserves to be ranked higher than Happy Days, Gunsmoke, and The Cosby show then i might question you i think this is this out of all the shows we talked about i think i remember beavis and butthead individual episodes the most i didn't know that yeah i, I remember a ton of beavis and butthead it's ridiculous all right. i was i was beavis for our in, in a senior year for our homecoming week one of them was like cartoon day and i dressed up like beavis i made my own metallica shirt um i got a hold of one of my guy friends and borrowed a pair of their shorts i wore my did circus like the whole i day? did oh, um Jesus. i i, I wore a faux <laughs> 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 if you were i went around doing the cornholio thing all day uh it was great <laughs> wow wow Man, that's that's dedication. <laughs> that is dedication. Beyond, I hope you won whatever contest they were holding that day. Oddly, the first thing I think of when I think of Beavis and Butthead, I actually think of the video game uh, for back in the day. But I I actually did rank Beavis and Butthead. I had it in my like late eighties. Uh, I actually and didn't I know recent have a recent revival, which I thought was kind of interesting, where they uh, replaced music videos since those don't exist anymore with like reality TV and made fun of that stuff, which was genius. I think that was an amazing thing to do. I, um, I, I, I thought not to interrupt you, but my last little thing to kind of bounce off is I always actually thought the movie was far superior than the series. Yeah, I. I didn't watch the series a great deal growing up, similar to Amanda. I wasn't really necessarily allowed to, but, you know, I did here and there. But uh, I remember there was a time where I hated when they did the music videos, and then I I kind of realized they were making fun of everything. Like, I didn't – in talking about influence, I know it did have a huge influence in the 90s, good and bad. It had controversy set to it and all that. So uh, That and and one other show spawned a whole bunch of other animation that we probably wouldn't have got at that exact moment. No, I wasn't thinking about Daria. Daria, I feel like, is in the same vein as Beavis and Butthead. No, I'm no, yeah, I'm talking about like, like later on down the road, like the kind of the path that Beavis and like Butthead, Archer and, and stuff like that. Uh, in a way, where it's that that raunchy animated. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff that you kind of got on Adult Swim type programming. Well, I love me some Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's move on to the next in the countdown. Fifty-seven. All right, coming in at number fifty-seven, we are we we talked about we had a lot of drama. We well, we just had an animated film, but we're returning to the world of comedy as we get into another recent comedy that actually that ended a few seasons ago or a few years ago, I should say. At number fifty-seven, coming in with six hundred and seventeen points to the first show to break the six hundred barrier. It was on twelve lists. So it was actually on the most list of the countdown so far. 
and as highest ranked as number six. So oddly enough, it was a, a, a rare thing for this where you had a few people rank it really high, but a lot of people ranked it more later. So, but at, coming in at number 57, 30 Rock, the Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin comedy. We, we've had a lot of recent comedies come in on this list. We've had Veep. We've had Silicon Valley talking about this week. We had Always Sunny and Louis last week. 30 Rock coming in now being, you know, the highest ranked so far. Do you think as the list stands that we got got it right seeing 30 Rock ranked higher than those other recent I think comedies? it would be an interesting discussion to have with people just on comedies that, you know, between the years of 2005 and 2015 or 2008 and 2015, just to see how people would rank those because I think it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, between some of the ones you said, like Modern Family, um, How I Met Your Mother, the ones you mentioned, throw 30 Rock in there. It'd be interesting to see how it all plays out. I personally have, I mean, I did rank 30 Rock. I had it at number 98, I believe. So, I mean, I can see it definitely being in there. It, it was on for quite a while. It definitely had the awards acclaim. It definitely had the ratings going for it. it. definitely had some smart comedy going for it. So, I don't know how people will say that if we got it right or not, having it on this side of things like Modern Family, etc., or uh, if they think we got it in reverse order. I'm not sure. Amanda, any thoughts on 30 Rock? You know, I, I haven't seen only a few minutes of an episode here or there. It's not really something that I, I got into, um, so I really can't watch on it, but I, I do know that it's it's definitely radar. I, I'm a little surprised to see it so high, though. I'm wondering, Dan, if you know, kind of throwing your own question back at you, do you think we've got it right so far with all the modern comedies? Well, I've only watched a few seasons of 30 Rock, and it's it's a weird show for me where it's like, it's surreal comedy and like it's something where i'm not necessarily laughing but i can recognize it's that it's god well, cop crime just got a new worst friend <laughs> the hell is that a show i am very excited about a new york city detective solves crimes with the help of his new partner god so god just tells him who did it god can't just tell him who did it why not Watch the pilot lemon. It's all explained in the end by the wise black man played by Carl Malone. Hang on, did you cast yourself in this show? What can I say? We saw hundreds of actors for God. Finally, the network executive said I should just play it. You're the network executive. Uh, You're playing with people's lives here. Who do you think you are? God. We're ready for you. You know, it's just like I can, I can like, oh, this is this is not for me, but I, I, I and I can enjoy it in the fact that I like the characters and I find it fun, but I'm not necessarily laughing. I love Louis. I feel like that is my one of my favorite comedies. And, and Veep I've, in Silicon Valley, I feel a little bit better then, but if it, that's more personal. If I was going to take my like objective or subjective opinion out and thinking objectively, I do think that, you know, you, you look at 30 Rock and it, you know, it, the acclaim is hard to d deny. I mean, it, in 2009, it set the single season or s single year record for how many nom uh, Emmy nominations a comedy received with 22. It, it's won multi you know, year after year it won Best Comedy Series. Alec Baldwin won like every award ever. Uh, Tina Fey as well. And it, it's certainly even, you see its influence now as uh, like you have the show like Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, which is very much in the same vein as 30 Rock. I, I think that 30 Rock is in a certain echelon as well. It's it's different. Like you're, there's almost different types where I put like 30 Rock in one category and with 
other shows maybe that are on NBC and I put like Silicon Valley and Veep on another category and Modern Family with like How I Met Your Mother and I would put like you know 30 Rock and at the top of its end Modern Family at the top of its pile and then Veep on the top of its pile uh, so it it's within the genre of comedy I think we got it right though I think I, I would have probably put a you know as a personal favorite some of my other shows a little higher but I, I think honestly you could make the, the argument that 30 Rock should be should be higher than it is because uh you know like i mentioned there was a few people that had it ranked it was weird like there was a few people that had it ranked in their top 25 but then everybody else it was 80 or below so it was <laughs> there was like no one in the middle it was like that which is kind of funny um and I, I don't know i think you know we've seen a whole bunch of modern comedies i think we're we're almost getting to the end though i mean i can i'd be surprised if we see more than two to three more modern comedies well, we'll see. I, I can say with the the next list, we're definitely getting back to. Uh, well, let's say with the next one on the entry of a, a little story. Fifty six. Well, we we had one '90s comedy. We're gonna get another classic '90s comedy with that of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air coming in at number fifty six with six hundred and twenty eight points. It was only on ten lists, so it was actually on less lists than that of Thirty Rock, but it it had people rank it a lot higher as highest ranked as number nine. So someone had it in their top ten. Um, Amanda, let's let's start with you because you're you're a fan of the Full House ninety comedies. What about Fresh Prince? Where does that rank for you? Let me see where I have it. <laughs> I have it at twenty five. But I do think this is one of my favorite shows growing up. It's where my love for Will Smith was founded um, and my rule that if Will Smith cries, then I too have to cry and whatever's going on. I think I learned a lot of lessons from this. I had a lot of fun with this. I think that it opened my eyes to, you know, different like fashion and, and cultures and like the 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 difference between, you know, basically the burbs and the city a little bit more. I think that the comedy really worked. I think I, could, I still can watch this and the comedy will work and it still engages me throughout. And I think that, you know, it's got some of the most iconic characters as well, like Carlton. Like, who doesn't try to do that Carlton dance? Try to, it's just natural for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a lot of lessons in this, but I also think it was a lot of fun and it danced on the edge of being a little scandalous every once in a while. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Kevin, question for you. So we've had the French Prince of Bel-Air. We've had Happy Days in this episode. Who is cooler, Will Smith or the Fonz? Man, nobody's cooler than Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Even the Fonz, though? I mean, Man, it's tough, but I mean, growing up in the 80s or 90s, it's hard to to pull off anything Fonz-like related as cool, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, you're just kind of looking. But the high top fade, though. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) If I saw someone with a high top fade, I would think they're pretty cool, I, even if I couldn't do it myself. But, uh, no, I mean, I love Will Smith, and I love the theme song. I don't like any other character in the show, though. So what? Even Uncle Phil? Come on, Uncle Phil. I mean, come I mean he's all right. Dude, Uncle Phil is He's all right. Shit. I think this is just something that was after my time, so I just don't have the... How is it after your time? How is it any different from... Because I grew up with the 80s. Okay, let's go. Let's bring it back to the Cosbys. This was a a judge who was very well (laughs) off. He had a fucking butler. I know. And this is their family's... (laughs) Not just a butler, but an effing butler. Actually, I take that back. I did like... I can't remember the actor's name, but I did like the butler. Uh, Second favorite character. No, I, I liked the show. I watched it, but I just didn't have that same connection 
that I did with maybe some of the earlier stuff that it was on when I was growing up that hit me at the right time. It wasn't so. fucking serious. I'm not talking about, I would not compare and... it to Cosby Show in any way, shape, or form when I'm talking about Why not? the other ones. No, I'm saying when I'm talking about the ones that have more of a nostalgic appeal to me. But I, I have no problem with people voting on this. It didn't make my top 100. It's another show. You that didn't would... put this on your top 100 no. at all? It would be another one that's probably in the conversation for me for top 200. But I just... Sometimes I don't know about you. Besides Will Smith, it didn't... Besides Will Smith? It didn't have anything that, like, separated itself for me from the pack of sitcoms that are of the exact same type that we got in the 90s. Take Full House, take Home Improvement, take Family Matters, take Fresh Prince. I mean, you could probably name a bunch of other ones. And Fresh Prince came... In what time period all those? No, I'm just saying they were all kind of within the same... 10 year period give or take which ones were first or not and it's hard for me to separate any of them out and can anybody talk <laughs> talk about okay family matters there's urkel right i hated family matters jeez i love family <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. that's what i'm saying but you're also at a different age for that so maybe it just resonates it's got better nothing for you. to do with age really it I doesn't think it does. i don't think it does if it's going to be a formula and you're saying this happens in the same 10-year period, right? From 1988, 89 to 1995, 96. Okay, like that how much, you're six years older than me. Right. How much, how is that creating that much of a gap because in the age group that's going to be geared towards these? Because when I was watching these shows, I was definitely not the age group they were gearing it towards, and I still enjoyed it. I don't know. And I've even seen this on reruns, and I still enjoy it to this day. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, oddly, I'll kind of come in the middle here. I, I didn't have it in my top 100. I, not that you didn't, did I didn't. I know, and I actually did grow up with the show, liking it as a kid, and I, it's similar to Full House. I do think it stands up better than Full House. And watching it now, I, I, I don't know if I can, I can, I like it nearly as much. I, I said the, the Fonz Will Smith uh, comparison because I feel like Will Smith was the Fonz of the '90s, or you know, he was like the like the, the essence of coolness when it came to uh, to the '90s. Especially that's why I all I remember being super excited for Independence Day because that's a guy from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you know, John Stamos. <laughs> Though I didn't have my top 100, I, I do I could see you know it, it belonging in it, it did certainly have its place in the 90s. I would probably put it in last week's episode, maybe even flip flop it with Cosby Show or flip flop it with Home Improvement, but because I feel like Home Improvement and and then Fresh Prince and then Full House, like if I were to rank them, but you know I did I did love it growing up, you know it I'm was. Not up in arms about it being the list. I am not upset that it's on the list. I don't care for me, if you're it just upset. Didn't make I just think that it's so iconic. It's so fun. You you learned a ton of lessons. You got the feels. And him and Jazzy Jeff were turned up forever. I mean, they turned down for what? That was where it started. Cause they were on tens all the time. And I I think that you guys are, are a little crazy for not even giving it a little love on your lips. I, I just didn't have room for it. I'm sorry. Just didn't make Maybe it. I just don't have room in my life for thinking you're cool anymore. Hey, <laughs> I never have claimed to be cool, so I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. Well, we talked about not seeing any more modern comedies, but let's see what happens with next on our list. Fifty-five. 
All right. Well, Kevin, you said you only see one or two modern comedies. Well, we're seeing one again because I'm coming in at number 55. I talked about the Cosby show being in a show of the episode. This might be another show of the episode where we get a lot of debate. Some people saying it should be higher. Some, some saying it should be lower. Some maybe saying it shouldn't be on the list at all. Coming in at number 55, we have The Big Bang Theory. It was on 11 lists, so it was on quite a few lists. It's highest ranked as number 14 by Steve Phillips, uh, Steve Megatron Phillips. And if you haven't not realized, unfortunately, he did have to step out for uh, Daddy Duty did call. So, unfortunately, he would have to leave tonight's po podcast as uh, other responsibilities came up. But it received 630 points. was only two more points than the Big Bang Theory. And I talked about last year, week with how close the point totals were. That's really continuing this week where you're only seeing a jump up of maybe five points at the most from show to show. So these shows are super, super close. But, Kevin, you talked about only seeing two more modern comedies. Do you think that means we're only going to see one more after this? I said two, possibly three, and this was one of the ones I was considering as the two. So, um, so yeah, and no surprise that Big Bang Theory is showing up on our list. I think there's one more that debuted two years after that that we're also going to see, and then there's an outside shot for a third one. But, yeah, Big Bang Theory, uh, I think a, a ton of people like this. It has a huge following, also has the awards, also has the ratings, also has the water cooler talking. You know, it's just the stuff that people are talking about or, you know, having conversations about there's a ton of pop culture type stuff being come you know coming out and also being referenced in the show um, talk about a bunch of uh of 80s and 90s uh tv stars making a return to in the show i i'm not surprised at all i i don't know it's quality i think this is one that's also going to raid or uh, kind of wage the debate here because i think what you have is you have a show like Mother or Big Bang Theory that maybe have more popular appeal, but then I think you have stuff like 30 Rock and Modern Family. Like you said, it's a different group, and I think a lot of people would probably put those as higher quality shows, but... Modern Family, I think, is one that has a little bit of both, but it necessarily appeals to a different audience, but you know, Big Bang Theory is like the one show that it still gets ratings like shows did in the past, which is which is insane to me. But uh, uh, Amid, any thoughts on Big Bang Theory coming in at number 55? Uh, actually, a little shocked it came in so low, especially this being a geek-centric folks group for lists. I thought this would come in much higher. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the show. I just haven't watched a ton of it. Uh, what I have seen of it, I think it's definitely another one of those um, inside jokey, pop culture-driven um, shows. But I think that there's got to be a reason for the huge following. I don't seek the show out, but if it's on, like somebody else is watching it, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to, you know, enjoy it. Not something I go nuts for, though. Definitely but shocked. Very shocked that it's not higher. It's interesting because I feel like this is the first time I've talked about the show and Mike and Steve weren't on it, so I didn't have to come off as a morally negative person on the show. Because the way I look at Big Bang Theory, it's kind of like a, like a pop song in, in where it has the chorus. It has the jokes you kind of know each episode that's going to make. You can you know where it's going. It's, it's easy on the ears. It's easy to follow. It's you know it's it, it, at, the end, at the end of the day, it kind of makes you feel good. And I could see that with Big Bang Theory. It's not necessarily overly complex. It fits kind of the classic sitcom model. I think this is a, a decent place for it. Like you said, I, could, I know some people are going to want it a lot higher than it is. I know 
there are geeks who hate hate the show because they feel it it kind of demeans the culture or kind of makes pokes fun at it. And I kind of see that point at times. I think my biggest issue is I feel the jokes are just like too easy. It goes after easy targets like going into a comic book shop and a girl comes in and like everyone freaks out and like that's like a joke. It's like oh girls don't go to comic book shops and like. I walked into um, a local comic book place looking for stuff for Kevin, actually, and it it was like a bomb went off in there. There was probably like four or five dudes, and they were, I think they they didn't know what to do. They were trying to talk to me, and they they just couldn't couldn't grasp the the concept of me being in there. It's funny because like I feel now the comic shops I go into it's so much more diverse than it ever was before. I mean I'm sure there well there's always socially awkward nerds when you ever go to a comic book comp and you're like yeah this guy does not know how to communicate with people outside of his imaginary friends. So there. Um, so yeah I just I don't know I, I think it's a good place for it I, I don't hate the show I'm not I did have it on my list I had it in the 80s uh, Jim Parsons he wins like a trillion Emmys every year for his role and I do think his performance is quite good I don't know I don't have the same love for it as a lot of people do I personally think if, if I was making the list I would switch this with Community because I feel Community is much more of an interesting show alright let's keep the list going 54 the recent show theme keeps on going as we have another show that only debuted in 2014 it's new season in 2015 just recently started as in number 54 again another fx show like i did not expect fx to dominate this list as it feels like it has been for this last few episodes but coming in at number 54 fargo jesus all right all right Sorry, loser. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So are we calm? Are we calm? Now here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna make some calls, like I said, uh, because this is the first that I've. Uh... But if it's true, if Sam did miss some payments, then well, they're within their rights to. I think we might have a problem here. Another show with movie tie-in, as it is a, a, a movie made into a TV series. It received 633 points, only three more points than The Big Bang Theory, only on 10 lists, though as highest ranked as number two. Uh, again, I think this might be a case where we're seeing a lot of our movie friends really showing their love for film and its influences there. Uh, Kev, any thoughts on seeing Fargo? At number 50. This one is a little shocking to me. I did not have this even anywhere remotely in the vicinity of my radar. So I'm not saying anything against it or anything. I haven't seen it. It's fairly new, but I, I don't know if this has a combination of both being fresh on our minds. It's new. It also has movie connections. And we have a lot of movie people helping us make the list. But I, I guess I just didn't even think about this one. It's not even one that I considered. So maybe that's my fault. I don't know. I do, I do actually love Fargo. I think the the bad thing about Fargo is that it came out, it debuted the same year as True Detective, and not that far away, and it was kind of a similar thing where you had you know anthology series and uh, really big name actors. I don't know, I wouldn't say it's as good as True Detective, but it's not that far off. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's performances in this is quite good. It was, you know, did receive Emmy nominations as well uh, for outstanding miniseries and directing. 
uh, and casting as well. It's you know it does it had Golden Globe nominations. It's it's I think too it's season two so far it's actually been much better than season two of True Detective. So it actually might end up being a better show overall than True Detective. But I was surprised it was this high. I think I could see it making the top one hundred. But it, I, it again a situation where the people who voted for it tended to vote for it really highly all, all the way up to number two. I, I maybe in the eighties or nineties I do think fifty four is a little 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 too high. Uh, just for shows that I think had a proven track record that were, were, were nearly as good. But uh, Amanda, any thoughts on Fargo coming in at 54? Uh, out of left field for me, definitely. I don't really agree with it being on the top 100 as of yet. I think maybe if it, if it was a personal list, strictly personal, I think that, that would definitely be okay. But as far as matching this up and putting it this high with some of the shows I've seen that we will see is, is kind of... Uh, it's kind of comical. Yeah, I could see this in ten, a few years from now, and it would make more sense for it being where it is here. But again, I think it's a situation where exposure is a huge thing. Huge thing, you know, what's on your mind is a huge thing, and sometimes I think that's where recent stuff tends to get a little bit more love, you know, than some of the classics. I would not have expected this to beat out Homeland and True Detective and some of the other modern ones we've gotten. I'm surprised. Yeah, and it, I was also surprised. I mean, it's also on more lists, too, which was it was on two more lists than True Detective. So I think, you know, like, again, what's on your mind recently? So I think the season two of True Detective, where some people truly just hated, uh, may have, again, kind of affected their viewpoint. But yeah, let's see how things go as we're as we're getting down to the nitty gritty of this week's episode. Fifty three. At number 53, we're actually getting to a show I talked to you guys about not that long ago on an episode of Cinema Geeks when we were kind of discussing what we're getting into with the Top 100 series. Another show that's not necessarily a movie tie-in, but it's certainly a genre we've talked about actually a few times today with Westerns. As with number 54, we have the HBO Western drama Deadwood. With 635 points, it was on 10 lists, as highest ranked as number 4. I, on an episode of Simon Geeks, I actually mentioned that I was catching up with simply because of this list. After watching the show, like I, I, I felt in love with it. Like oddly, I would say we don't see westerns that much anymore. Though this year, I feel like there's like a trillion westerns coming out this year. But most years, we don't see a lot of westerns. For a long time, I would think Deadwood might have been one of the best. It just production-wise, it looked amazing. And we talked about Justified today. Tim Lee Olfen's character in that very much, I think, got his start within Deadwood. Uh, great performance all around. It just, I don't know, it, it, it's in the details, I think. And it just, the the way it portrayed the West, I felt like for a genre that's been around for such a long time. Any thoughts on Deadwood coming in here at number 53? I mean, I you hit my right on the head there. And I think one reason why it was capable of making my list as well was because of the genre aspect of it being something that was completely different. And uh, like you said, for a good amount of time, the only western of its quality i guess you could say so i mean i had it on my list at number 80 um just because i haven't seen enough of it to rank it higher but uh, just based on the the uniqueness of it and the kind of the 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 one only one that held its ground there in that area for me as well as being the critical claim and well talked about and some nominations etc cetera, etc cetera. so i mean I, I think it's deserving to be in the, in the top 100 conversation for sure with next on the list, let's just say I think we're going to get to another one that's going to have a lot of people buzzing. 52. All right, coming at number 52, superhero bias, anyone? I don't know. 
with 636 points or point than Deadwood. On, only on eight lists, though. That, to me, was a shock. Only eight lists, but those that ranked it high did rank it. I mean, those who ranked it ranked it high. as highest ranked as number four by my fellow Talking in Circles mate, Chalk Davis, of course. Uh, we have that of Arrow, which is kind of the show that basically made Talking in Circles happen in a way. But, uh, again, another superhero show. So this is the third one we've seen so far with Arrow, Batman, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., are we getting that rank right so far as we go down the superhero ranks? Okay, if you're asking me if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the worst out of those three, <laughs> is the best out of those three, then yes, I guess we've got that right. But uh, do any of them deserve to be in top 100? Um, I guess you could make an argument for Batman and maybe uh, kind of edge going to us that Batman should be in the conversation. And I guess if Batman's in, Arrow should be in number 52. I don't know, Chuck, ranking at number four. The sponsor talking circles, they don't—they are not aware of that. <laughs> don't tell them. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know about maybe ranking it that high, but uh, that means that we should definitely see two more superhero shows. Amanda, any thoughts on Arrow making it to 52 too high, or do you think being a geek list, it, it's just at the I right think spot? being a geek list, and I think that it is solid show i think we kind of fell off a little bit in it but we need to pick it back up because the season seems to or the show has seemed to to pick up in these uh this latest season uh i couldn't tell you about the ranking i think that if i could see it maybe even a couple spaces higher at 50 um not a huge difference but i i uh i think that it uh it definitely has a place on the list not sure where Yeah. Yeah. Last year, you saved my life. And I don't mean from the guy who kidnapped me. I mean you. You saved me. You gave me purpose. We're just getting started. Yeah, I, I like Arrow. I think it's a really inconsistent show. I think season, it has one really, really good season with season two. Season one's okay. Season three was pretty bad. Season four has been better. I have a lot of issues with Arrow. One being, I feel like everyone becomes a superhero over like a weekend of training. It's like, oh, I went, I went to camp for a weekend, and now I can fight supervillains, and you know, and that, and it keeps using the the same type of conflicts over and over again. I think, in the sense of looking at where we are with superhero TV shows, you know, looking at what came before stuff like Smallville, Lois and Clark, things of that ilk. I, I do think it put us in a new direction in what to expect with superhero TV. It did at least kind of, you know, give us other, you know, superhero shows we might not, we might see later today. And yeah, it basically Batman, you know, Arrow becomes that, like a stand-in for Batman. I, I think this is way too high. Again, it's a geek cast radio show. We have a superhero bias. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not higher. Uh, I'm surprised it was only at eight lists. I think that, 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 that kind of surprised me. I'm surprised that there's going to be a couple that are in the top 50, probably, that means. So, uh, whatever. I mean, I would put this in the 90s if I'm putting it on the list. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, putting it ahead of shows like The Shield, Deadwood, and stuff like Yeah. <laughs> you kind of know where our fan base stands. But I'd be curious to hear what people have to say, because I know there are a lot of people who may think they didn't rank it high enough. I don't know. We'll see. 
But we have one more show to go for today, and let's see if we get another current show, or we're gonna get are we gonna get to go back to the classics again? Fifty one. Well, with number fifty one, we are going to, before we get into the top fifties, we're gonna. We're going to get into one more classic comedy. Uh, I kind of wish this show did make the top 50 because I do feel like it deserves a higher spot. But what are you going to do? Coming at number 54 with 637 points, which is only one more point in Arrow. Though this was on 12 lists. Again, it ties 30 Rock for the most lists so far. As highest ranked as number 8, uh, we have The Dick Van Dyke Show at number 51. Uh, we, we've had, actually, at this point, we've only had three classic comedies with uh, The Annie Griffith Show, Bob Newhart, and Dick Van Dyke now coming in. Kevin, are those shows deserving of top 50? And two, did we get the order right? I would say they're all deserving to be in the top 100. Had um, Dick Van Dyke at 87, which maybe isn't quite high enough, but I just didn't see maybe it holding the same place as like, I have Andy Griffith much higher um, just because I think it, uh, there's more levels to it. So, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I think they're all deserving of it when you get down to Dick Van Dyke versus Newhart. I think that's maybe a harder one to compare and say which one should be higher, but I, I definitely think Dick Van Dyke deserves to be in the conversation. I could see a, for me, it was kind of borderline. It was in that group that was either just going to make the countdown or it was going to be just left off, and in the end, it ended up making my spot, like I said, at 87. So I don't have a problem with this being on there. I'm in. Any thoughts on Dick Van Dyke? Uh, I, I like the show. I think that it, it got eliminated for me because it it was in the same category as, like, I Dream of Genie or Bewitched. I just found myself liking those shows uh, more, so it kind of was kind of pushed off the list by by those, but I think it's definitely deserving. Um, I'm not really sure what kind of love that it gets based on this list. Uh, quite a bit of love, so I'm glad to see it on there, but uh, I'm not sure about the ranking, really. This is also one of those ones that I thought after the first episode, when I was highlighting ones that I was for pretty sure that weren't going to make the countdown, I actually highlighted this one because I figured just with the more, uh, more geeky, more modern group and what you know that type of stuff that i thought dick van dyke might be one of those classic ones that gets kind of lost in the shuffle so i'm kind of glad that it didn't uh, yeah it's weird like what what shows are you're we're seeing like what classic shows because yeah i love the dick van dyke show to be honest it was number 24 on my list and uh you know it was a show that you know a tv show about tv writers which was i think really unique for the time and the relationship between dick van dyke and mary tyler moore i think was great for the time the, i think the, probably the best relationship you know husband wife duo ricky and lucy in, in that show i put it higher than shows like i dream of genie or bewitched because i don't think it you know didn't have that uh you know, gimmick may be a strong word, but you know where you. It was a show that was just about people, like normal people, and uh, I don't know. And I also just, I'm just a big fan of Dick Van Dyke. I think he's just a like a likable dude who who can do, you know, has like that uh, that showmanship type of style, you know, that we see in a lot of things from Dick Van Dyke's show to to you know Mary Poppins. So. I think it's a deserving a top 50. I think so is Annie Griffith and Bob Newhart. Again, I think this is coming to one of those things where it's similar to like when we do an animated list where if anime makes a list, it means it's really good. Similar to this, if the classic comedy is making the list, it probably means it's quite very good. And right. and it's, again, I think that's the hard thing when it comes to the stuff like this is that it's a lot of times people just haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while. But 
but we have we are 50 shows down so far what do you guys think of the list as we've made, made our way halfway through well we definitely uh put put on the accelerator and ran through a whole bunch of modern comedies today so i think we we saw the majority of those fall here so it's gonna be interesting then because we have the top 50 and we're not gonna have a whole lot as far as the modern comedies go um i think we do have quite a few modern dramas and action films that we're still or shows that we're gonna see so it might hold the door open for some classic shows to be seen in the top 50 maybe quite a few other ones i'd be interested to see if maybe the 80s is just going to be a decade that's not represented well or if we're going to see some in this top 50 because outside of golden girls and the cosby show and maybe a couple that started right at the end of the decade we really haven't seen much 80s represented in the countdown at all um so i'd be interested to see how that plays out or if we're going to get some more classic you know 50s 60s and 70s dominate in the top 50 or uh or how that's gonna how that's gonna play out um so i mean i, I think it's interesting we we did we have seen some diversity from 51 to 100. We've also seen quite a bit of modern stuff and quite a bit of comedies, uh, whether it's modern or, you know, some of the 90s comedies, etc. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of different stuff than we what we've already seen. I think we're going to see different genres and different decades represented in this top 50, but uh, it's going to be hard for me to fit 82 shows into 50 slots, so... It feels like we're going the opposite direction with yeah, that. I've had 32 of my shows have been eliminated for sure, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. But I'm just interested to see what classic shows are able to kind of withstand the time and which one of these modern shows do people elevate over the ones that we've already seen. Amanda, any thoughts on the countdown so far? Uh, I've had a few upsets, I think. I felt a little irrelevant. Blind Spots is some um, big shows that uh, have happened in the past few years here. Well, and it's hard. It's hard when you start getting a bunch of modern stuff because you haven't had as many years to catch up with that stuff too. So it's kind of hard to, unless you're really in the now and, and watching stuff as it's airing, or you know, a year or two afterwards, it's, it's kind of tough to keep up with all these shows if if you're not making a concerted effort for it too. So I do think you know we got like 87 comments or 80 plus comments on that first episode, and I think there's twice as many shows that are gonna be commented on in this episode. So I think we're gonna break some type of record with the number of comments we get on this one. I, th I think for, so for sure because I feel like with this 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 week's episode I don't think there is like I felt like almost every show we went into there is going to be someone that's not happy where it's placed no matter where exactly it listed or something like that with like Arrow some people are going to think it's too low too high with Big Bang Theory same thing and uh, with Cosby Show I think will, will be another one for sure I'm really surprised by a lot of the, the really really current stuff like the, like you know, Mr. Robot Fargo not too surprised with True Detective but mo mostly with those shows and not necessarily that they're on the list but they're as high as they are on the list just because I I, for me, making a list like this, like I think Kevin, you mentioned, it's it's impossible to truly rank something that just came out because how can you compare it to something that's a, a long a long time ago? So, uh, you know, sometimes like, again, I think the the thing that you're going to see with this is the number one thing that's going to affect a show is the ability for people to watch it and you know to get be exposed to it or, or, or you know which is i think why we're seeing sketch comedy doing really well why we're seeing you know a lot of recent comedy doing really well and i i didn't go through it but i'd be interested in seeing if shows that were on currently on streaming services tend to do better because people can access them so and also a lot of shows that have a lot of strong followings like freaks and geeks and big bang theory i think tend to 
kind of dominate the list as well. But a lot, I think a lot of surprises so far. I, I, I kind of wish we had a little bit more diversity when it came to years and we had a little bit more classic stuff in there, but we'll see what the, the rest of the list has and, in and store. Amanda and I have to apologize for being completely uh, uneducated in the modern shows. People are going to be mad at us. I'm sorry. I'm not completely. Just the ones that we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> just not the ones we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, you know what? If we ranked it right, we could have talked about Supernatural this week, but we didn't. I I know, I know. Again, it's it's weird. It's it's. I feel like you could we could do this list, and I, you could get a, a again. It's twenty nine different people, and you can get a group of twenty nine different podcasts, and it would be completely different. So. It's just the way it works, I guess, sometimes. But like Kevin mentioned, we'd love to hear what you had to say. There's, you can go to the episode post at geekcastradio.com, or you can email us at feedback at geekcastradio. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Geekcast Radio. You guys are also on Twitter. What are your Twitter names? Mine is at Optimus Solo. And I'm Hard Candy Mandy, Eyes No Wise. And I am at Movie Revolt. But that'll be it for this this week. We'll be back next week as we count down numbers 50 to number 26. Yes, we're getting into the, the nitty-gritty of the top 50. That's when things get serious. But we'll, we'll see what it has in store. So make sure to join us as we continue the top 100 TV show countdown of all time. And always remember to unleash the geek in you. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to GeekCast Radio on the GeekCast Radio Network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. Fourth, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradio. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you.